to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is the 2009 sci-fi already classic District 9 by Neil Blomkamp. Before we get started, talk about who's at the table today and how we feel about this particular movie. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry. Press play and then press pause when the TriStar logo fades to black. Right after you see those still bad wings on that horse. Pause the movie and in a second I'll say three, two, one, unpause. I'll press play. You'll press play and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary except, of course, this time with four friends in your head. And those friends today are myself, as always, Teague Christie and my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Uh, Michael Fukenpron Scott. Hi, everybody. And Shrey the Still Amazing Stokes. You said prawn. Uh, now, this movie, um, I saw the trailer for this. Like, there was buzz about it in the weeks preceding its release, but I saw the trailer for it maybe three months before it came out. Like, it was just one of those things. I was on Apple trailers one day, and I'm like, District, what, what's District 9? And I watched the trailer, and I was completely, I was like, dude, we need to see this movie. I don't know where we're going to be able to, we might have to, like, go to some weird theater to see it. Like, we may never get to, you know, just walk across the street to the local theater and see this movie. Yeah, it's like Moon and, or and something And I showed like it to that. Brian, and he was like, dude, that looks awesome. Ooh. And then, of course, lo and behold, it became one of the tent poles of last year. Not really a tentpole. Is there a, defin- is there a definition of tentpole, or is it just being big? Tentpole is a studio speak for this is going to be one of our big movies. So I, this is this is a you know a little engine that could well, instead. Tentpole okay. is like from a circus. It's like it's holding. It's going to hold up the rest of our so, the rest so, of our year is going to be based on the so success the, of 2012 or Avatar yeah, or whatever. Yeah, reliable it's, blockbuster. It's yeah. the one we know this one will make money, so we'll build our schedule around that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So not a tentpole, but something. Anyway, I, and I, and of course when I saw it, I loved it and it was awesome, and everyone else saw it and loved it and it was awesome. Uh, and it was sort of a flash in the pan type thing, and uh, people stopped talking about it, but it's still sitting there being a great movie, and we're going to watch it. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's amazing as the little engine that could. Uh, I don't think it's a perfect story, and we can get into that, and I think it does have a couple of missteps. Get off. Get okay. Up. Get out. Sleep. <laughs> um, but it, it's... When you stack this, even though it's not perfect, when you stack this up against 2012 or Terminator Salvation or any of the other uh, things we've got coming Trump out Trump. these days... Hey, now... Um, what what did you say? Leagues and shoulders. Injured Stormtrooper. He's being funny. Inge- oh, Injured Stormtrooper. Oh, oh, snap. He's oh. being funny on the internet. How do you feel about District 9? Uh, I really like District 9. That, uh, I had essentially the same reaction to the trailer. I saw it, and I'm like, I have to see this movie. Because it's it's very much... You know, nowadays science fiction is like, all right, how um, how can we justify the destruction of things? Is is basically what science fiction is, and and science fiction is usually, or it used to be about. Um, I took a I took a class on science fiction at UCLA because uh, yeah, I should have gone to UCLA. But, yeah, uh, there was actually a class. About I took one it, at and USC, it was, and it was basically um, the the premise. Um, the, of the the professor for what science fiction is, she was like, science fiction is not about the future; it's about now, and we just kind of paint a future over it to right. be able to see it more clearly. Like you we know, change the circumstances like just a little bit, and then we take those circumstances to their logical right, conclusion. Right, right. It's 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 kind of it, exactly. It's like this. It's what we're worried about now, projected into the future, the, the, right? and we can yeah. wrestle with it because we've we've given ourselves that little bit of distance from it. So the fact that District Nine was going to be more of a social commentary than an action movie, and it devolves into an action movie yeah. a bit towards the end. But um, that 
made me really interested in it because I'm like, that's what sci-fi is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. 2012 had some social Well, it just shut up. Well, I was, I was about to compare it to 2012 because, you know, and I think District 9 justifies its action sequence because yeah. it sets up characters and you go, okay, I get why they're doing what they're doing and I'm rooting for them right. as opposed to 2012, which is just John Cusack looking out of a succession of plane windows going, that was close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the world blew up again, but we made it. You know, it's like it's a little bit different filmmaking. Um, the, you know, the definition of science fiction that, that I, I re- remember as, as being sort of the basest uh, level of, of definition is that um, it's just about what, what would happen to society and our world and, and the way we live and the way we perceive the world and, and experience the world if some new technology or futuristic something or other happened. You know, how would that change everything? You know, would our problems get better or worse? You know, and, and so on. So, and District 9 absolutely falls in that category. It's, yeah. like, it's like it's our world, but what if aliens landed? Right, and yeah. they had to live among us, you know. And and other movies have tackled that. Alienation is a very similar movie that tackled v, that yeah. exactly that same idea in V, and so on. Um, Alienation actually, District Nine owns quite a bit to Alienation. If you've never seen Alienation, because it's a very similar thing. The the aliens don't come to conquer; they are former slaves who come as refugees mm-hmm. in Alienation as well. So this is kind of Alienation with uh, fancier. You know, fancy fancier aliens yeah. as opposed to guys with you know Mandy Patinkin with a rubber thing on his head. We've got you know full on CGI. Was it Mandy Patinkin? Yeah, I never knew that. Um, so it's but it's you I just I, blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's worth seeing. It, uh, I, check, I remember check out Alienation if you want to. Random bits of it as a kid on TV, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. But uh, it, as far as the, this particular movie, um, you know, I, I had very little awareness of District Nine before it came out. I mean, apparently they were hyping it. All the way back to Comic Con the year before, they had the no human, the no humans only signs all yeah, over the yeah. place, and no one knew what they meant. Um, so there was a lot of build up for it, and then but when it finally came out, it was like this huge thing, and everyone saw it, and I never got to see it in the theater. I finally saw it in the in the on video, and I was like, "This is great!" And it was you know I, I loved it on so many levels because you know it was a, it was a little underdog, it was a little you know film, it was a little foreign movie that uh, you know the thirty million dollar budget. And as compared to all the other nonsense that was going on this year in visual effects. And, and, you know, they did a spectacular thing, and they did a very gritty, very nasty, down-and-dirty, tough story that uh, I really enjoyed. Which I have one, and maybe it'll be the same one when we get to it, uh, that... uh that you have is, uh, you know, I have one quibble with one of their plot points, which is kind of like, oh, everything else was so good, but yeah. mm-hmm. there's one kind of like, you know, it, it has to go in the category of, okay, that's your one piece of magic, but this is a movie that really shouldn't have a piece yeah. of magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the magic Aside is... from the fact that aliens well, are here now. That's, yeah. that's, that's the magic that magic. you allow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like they had one other thing that was like, I did, ooh, that's, that's a bit of a cheat, but we'll get to it and we'll see if it's the same one or if we have different yeah. quibbles. But otherwise, I think, I think District 9 is just a great achievement across the board and, and a, a Really, really hell of a well-made yeah, it's, movie. Yeah, it's not perfect, but I'd like to see more like it. Yeah, yeah. I'd oh, like absolutely. To see more Does that mean you direction. want to see District Ten? Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, 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 you, you know they started okay, talking about not, that. Not more. Okay, <laughs> you're right. Not more exactly yeah, like not more, it. Well, not more of the theme. Well, unless if they, Bob unless Kemp they, if it's the same creative team, but if it's and they find oh, yeah. a way to, if it's to open it up Emmerich, and do a do a new thing that yeah. isn't a, re- a retread, then yeah. absolutely. I they've. Yeah. Left it up. We'll talk about yeah. it at the end. Alien, right? Aliens, we'll Terminator, Terminator yeah. Two. You know there are th- you can do sequels that aren't uh, insulting and embarrassing. All right, we'll start the movie now. Go ahead and get your DVD uh, remote or mouse ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. On pause. This Should is such a weird little. We're watching this on Blu-ray, and the first thing we see is this company logo, and it's fancy. It's the Omega Thirteen yeah. effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze. Someone got a hold of particular and just went nuts with it. Yeah. Um, Trey was talking about the the marketing, and they were marketing it fairly far back. They did a lot of I, you know, we we um, 
uh, I don't remember if it was while we were recording or not, but the, uh, the, oh no, it wasn't, but we were talking about how you can't really make things go viral. You can't say we're going to do this viral, but District 9 actually had a pretty good viral marketing campaign in the sense, like corporate viral. So like they, they didn't throw out a lot of ads, but it was like they had websites and there was like a blog that was run by, um, Oh, what's his name? Christopher Johnson, the uh, the the, the prawn, like the actor, or oh, no, the the, the character. Oh, like, okay. there's a blog written by him where he's 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 basically like um, an oh, activist against. Uh, no, Johnson. It's Christopher Johnson. I, I thought think. it was Johansson. I don't think so. I think that's. Well, oh, okay. Maybe I'm. Wrong. I think that's where they live. But <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, Charlton Copley. Yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. But um, you know, they they had the signs of uh, humans only and blah blah blah. You know, no aliens allowed. And, and one of my favorite things that happened because they didn't. There wasn't a lot of presence of um district nine as like a movie all I lo- over the I place love this, just this little quick to everyone's surprise it didn't end up over manhattan or washington yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good little uh, just a, and that's the only that's the only explanation we'll get of why it didn't inexplicably land over over America. right he's like but, but i love that he, he even he's like in in our world we were as surprised as anyone yeah. else that it was here <laughs> and not somewhere quote unquote important yeah, yeah. but um one of my Sorry. favorite things I just I just wanted to say uh, in a little anecdote because District Nine was not clearly a movie like you kind of had to know what all the signs meant and everything. At one point, um, we were I, I was with my roommates and we were like going to dinner and we we stopped at a, a red light and there was a bus station with a District Nine sign that was like humans only, no aliens. And this old man standing there looking at it in like <laughs> horror. <laughs> He's like, I don't think he understood it was for a movie. It's real. <laughs> he, he was. It was it was awesome. Just the expression on his face was amazing. So these are all digital. I want to know if. They if they did the shot and then recorded it off a monitor, or if they tried to actually do the effect of bad. Oh no, they would have done tape. it clean. They, yeah. Well, they yeah. they shot they shot the they shot the straight documentary stuff. They shot it on HD. Nineteen eighty two. It's cameras. Uh, yeah, arrived. that's weird. Um, um, but they shot they shot a mix. They shot I think shot some of it on red. They shot a lot of it on red. Yeah, but they also yeah. shot a lot of handheld uh, video stuff. Uh, uh, mostly, Which they may so have downgraded really, to add. Effects, yeah, they, they downgraded it to look like VHS and old stuff and whatever. But but this stuff we're looking at is is all red footage. So this is not much. so much. If it landed in 1982, this is not so much only science fiction as it is alternate history yes. in a way. Yes, we yeah. just skip over all of that alternate history. Yeah, it's it's they've been here for 20 years and here we are now. Right, almost 30. Weird. You can actually see through the text. It's not full opacity. Before it started fading down. Now I know it's well, fine. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, this well, movie is uh, one of several, and there have been a couple big ones this last year, Avatar being another one of them, uh, that has to do with the uh, the white man and his relationship with the savage type thing. And uh, this movie has... The noble savage. The noble, noble savage. No less. Sort of, yeah, I guess some of the... His, well, his main, really Christopher yeah. Johnson. The other ones are kind of just... His, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta give him that. Although but, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, cheat by, by having them be, you know, sexy, you know... Nice, slim-hipped savages. Well, like yeah, you wouldn't anyway. want to romantically get involved with these, particularly. Well, but, somebody might, but you know. <laughs> but if you look, somebody if, in Japan does, don't no matter uh, if it's Arcturian, baby. If you look at the strokes <laughs> that the story is painting, this is a story of I don't want to be the savage on a very real level. Like even at the very end of the movie, spoiler: when the guy leaves, he's like, "I'm going to come back so you can not be one of us." Still, like I know how terrible it is yeah. for you to be one of us. That's going to suck for you, as opposed to Avatar or you know whatever else. Where it's, like, I don't think I like that they did the little like you know alien autopsy thing where they're like highlighting one area of it yeah. but it's it's pretty clear what we're looking at to yeah. be honest it should I, have been I, smaller in the frame i think i also don't i'm not sure i buy the fact that that thing would have been able to disappear off this 
off of their radar the way right. it did because well, it ends up hidden. Well, they, they right. set up, they bury it. They, they, yeah, the yeah aliens, but they, if a piece like, falls off a giant spaceship and they clearly have cameras from when it separates immediately, it's a bit of a jump. Yeah, yeah. They, presumably, the aliens, you know, immediately like. Oh my gosh, we had to hide this. You know, Christopher Johnson probably, since yeah. he seems to have control over it. Right. Yeah, he's the one who hit it. It looks yeah. like. Now, physicists and and I, I, I do want to say that that all these uh, performances are really good. You know, all these people who are basically talking about the the aliens and and being very genuine. About yeah, they're it, very you know? man in the street. And I, as I I believe that they you know half the time they just said okay talk about you know whoever it is that actually you hate and you want to be moved away and just pretend right. they're aliens that, that, instead. They did that because in, it's very simple in you know, Johannesburg. There's a lot of that you know there's the, that vibe is there. You know there is that uh, that's exactly that's, what that's what he did is. in uh, in Alive in Joburg. I know that they, they, if you watch yeah he asked people one, about he asked people about real things yeah. and then and just then made he just like juxtaposed them with the aliens with the yeah. alien things. Yeah, but this one they're actually referring to the prawns and stuff like that. So yeah. it's it's. But still, they, they certainly seem to be non-actors that they yeah. just kind of said, you know, just... And you, there's very clearly... Yeah, talk about the white people, but call them prawns. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Basically. And there's that obvious juxtaposition of the the oppressed people, the Afrikaner in South Africa, talking about oppressing these other people, oppressing the prawns, now, and the social commentary involved. All the way through watching the trailers and the lead-up and uh, seeing the, this part, of, like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, I had no idea that it was a narrative at all. I know it was an invented. It's a fictional movie, but I thought it was entirely in the form of It was going to be like this, yeah. Which, which bugs me, to be honest. It, well, it switches but, in and out, and it, yeah. it does it. It sort of just slips into okay. Now we're telling. Now we're shooting a movie. Movie. We're just shooting it with the same rough style. Yeah, it's, it's like the, it's like the Office in Joburg with aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then exactly. the Office commentary just stops, and then it becomes a real movie. And yeah. the transition it shifts. It shifts. It shifts, the and there's the no film. real like okay. There's no real moment where they say okay, we're shifting now. It just kind of stops, and yeah. I remember in the movie going, "Wait a second, wasn't this a documentary yeah. like twenty minutes?" I ago? kind of, I kind of understand why. Like, I did notice that, and because going in, I was like, "It's going to be really hard to tell a story if you can only be where a camera person can right. be." Right. If you're only doing exactly. it from the documentary yeah. crew's yeah. point of view. But uh, I, I, I did want to point out, and I wasn't the uh, the only one afterwards. Um, you know, they're they're referred to as prawns. We don't know what else they're called, but it's like when when talking about this movie, it's like I feel weird calling them prawns because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, derogatory. Like saying, <laughs> they don't give you an alternative. Yeah, they don't say. give you an alternative. So I'm like, I feel it, dirty that's saying yeah, it, that, that. There should be a you know a, an accepted thing to call them. Yeah, you know, the, the PC fact that version. Right from the get go, you know, even the officials are calling them prawns, which you'd think they wouldn't necess- You know, they wouldn't do at least publicly amongst mm-hmm. themselves. I certainly, they started calling them prawns in the first place as an innocuous term. But the more they started to, you know, the derisive tone started to set in into the term they already had. Mm-hmm. Where it's, you know, someone starts off as Jerry, but the more you know him, then you're like, fucking Jerry. Like, it's one of those sort of things. I uh, fr- uh, I, I read that, uh, and this may or may not be true, and I'll look it up, but uh, it's a cute story. Is Someone uh, someone mentioned that uh, this guy, the main character's name, uh, Wikus van der Merwe, which I will not, I can't pronounce properly. Yeah. Uh, us, us Americans would call it van der Merwe or something like yeah. that, but it's called something else. Van der Yeah, what I think he, that you pronounce yeah, it like van der it's kind of it's it's a very very common name. It's 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 the equivalent of having you know an American character named you know Joe John Smith or no well, or well Joe, it's, you know, it's more, Joe Blow. You know, it was it was uh, it was Ebert who said that, and it's actually more the equivalent of calling him like Goofus. Yeah, or something, it's really know? it's kind of like it's like, like they tell jokes. It's yeah. like you know hey so uh, so Wiggis Vandermeer was yeah. walking down the street and this blonde came up to him. You know, it's sort of like yeah. he's a yeah he's a he's a figure of you know goofiness. It's like a, it's like you know Polish. Yeah, he's the he's Polish. The, he's the joke. equivalent. He's a Polish uh, <laughs> Polish joke of uh, of Afrikan. 
So, so it's an it's an inside joke to name him that basically, exactly that none of us Americans yeah. would get except yeah. Ebert because he's so smart. Yes. <laughs> so how did you guys feel about the their marketing campaign? Obviously, they they made a decision early and really not only stuck to it but threw money at it. Like they had those signs everywhere. Yeah. They had bus benches. They had the whole thing. I thought it was kind of cool. I, I think thought it, it was. I thought it was. Cool I think they too. did it right. You know, they they the well the backstory of of this movie was this was the movie that Peter Jackson and and Neil Blomkamp made when Halo fell apart. Yeah, and so they said, "Screw it, we'll just make our own movie and find the funding, and it won't be a two hundred million dollar movie. It'll just be a cheap thirty million dollar movie. But let's do something we want to do instead." So and and those guys, you know, certainly I think Jackson is, and uh, and you know Blomkamp uh, sort of got. Made his made his bones on the internet, and you know his, his live in Joburg, which was a you know internet uh, hit and so on. You know, they, I think they got it as opposed to a big studio that would go to Comic Con and do a big presentation with a panel in Ballroom H and and do a huge thing. This this was in Hall H. Though. Yeah, well, they, fine, when they when they well, they I just want to say well, not the first year though, <laughs> no, right? No, yeah. When they when they debuted it, yes, they, when yeah. they, but the year before they were just you know they were doing they were stealthy stuff. stuff. They were yeah. just putting up the signs and the stealth, and they were just getting the buzz going and very clever. Badass Tom Hanks. <laughs> it is. It is. Tom Hanks is gonna gonna start playing. I'd like to see Tom Hanks play those kind of roles. Wouldn't that be awesome That'd to see Tom? Crazy. Well, now we see John Tom Travolta Hanks playing play roles where he has a shaved head and a beard, and it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Tom, so. John Travolta has turned completely into uh, um, Bruce Willis now. But, uh, <laughs> only he's so fuzzy and he just doesn't look scary at all. Like you can never make John Travolta with a beard and a shaved head look anything yeah. other than just big, floppy, and gay. But I think like, Tom Hanks what he might pull like. it off. And Tom Hanks yeah. could. Completely I could see pull it Tom, off. Hanks Tom Hanks is that. a better actor than John Travolta. Has Tom Hanks ever played a villain? Uh, 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 Perdition, Perdition. sort of, sort of, yeah. But still very villain with a heart of gold, but yeah. just just a complete, you know, total badass. I don't think so. No. Well, Woody in Toy Story. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's a troublemaker. So this was way. He right? was kind of the villain. <laughs> to he kind of was. He was, yeah. the, the, he was the antagonist almost. Uh, comparative. He was his own antagonist in Toy Story. But was this a Weta movie? Did they do it? Because it's Peter Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. no, no, no. Um, Peter Jackson produced it. it was I think Weta did parts. Yeah, but, they did. Uh, they did parts. But the 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 ironic bit is it's his own company, and he couldn't he. He basically couldn't afford them on this, especially since they were taken up by Avatar. Avatar yeah. came in, took over Weta, and he had to find someone else to do yeah. the, oh, the, wow. the, the they- most of the effects on his his movie. I think I think Weta well, primarily did like the the spaceship, I think the yeah. shots of the ship and and the rest of the stuff. Um, I think it was uh, um, I, I like think it was Embassy. I think it was actually Blomkamp's company that did uh, the. Blomkamp yeah, he, has his own. Yeah. He just he just bumped up his own the thing that he was doing his own films with, and yeah. just they just kind of amped it up. People say that the effects in this movie are great, and I think they are occasionally great. There are a few ones that don't work for me, and at the end of the day, you can, all you can do is say, "Dude, they're mostly great, and they didn't have any money," and that's all I need to say. Yeah, for because the, for I the, feel that way too. For the I, money I, they I, didn't I, have, not every shot spectacular. I think I think a lot of the stuff. I mean, this is working. That looks. Fine. That, I think that yeah. looks yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and what's impressive to me is a lot of it was done. There are they are actually doing you know human replacement. You know when they're manipulating yeah. props and interacting with other actors, which which. You know, amps up the difficulty because you've you know obviously a, a prawn won't cover a human, so there's you know all kinds of background replacement that. Oh goes yeah, on. they had to do a lot of reconstructing backgrounds and mm. stuff like Wait, that. Was this mocap or was it just guys in suits? They were referencing like it's, reference there's, there's there's literally not every every single shot, but quite often when you see like a guy tussling with a with a prawn or or you know they're handling props or they're throwing things, those are they're they're humans. They're you know guys they're guys that were painted out and replaced by prawns. Yeah, interesting. 
Um, and and you know, on wearing stilts and stuff like that to get eye lines and everything. But yeah, they had like little little things raised up on their heads so they'd be taller, yeah. and you look at the look at the proper eye line and so on. Yeah, of course. Uh, one of the uh, the I mean, um, South Africa has such a history of like like we were talking about kind of oppressed peoples and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot going on, you know, in in terms of you know. Uh, those who don't know history, yada yada, because I mean, this is this is basically the trail of tears that they're starting right now, yeah. you know, and trying to do it to to the prawns in front of everyone. Well, I so. wonder. I think this <laughs> the, to, to to a South African, you know, this movie probably plays ex, you know even more exceedingly yeah, emotional, very very oh, yeah. differently than yeah. uh, it does to us because you know we just don't realize that you know this is this is the daily life or was the daily life things have gotten a little better there but you know this these are not these are not sets these are townships yeah. you know that they that people had been recently moved out of you know that yeah. uh, they were refugees were moved out of um, you know, then they just took, they just came in and shot. So there's, you know, other than some, you know, the alien doodads that they add to the decoration, this is not a giant movie set. This is where people actually lived in Johannesburg yeah. and were evicted from. I like that little moment where he's like, we need your scroll. And he's like, fuck you. And he slaps the thing away. And the guy like goes for him and, uh, this is this and is Sh- all um, and Shalto's uh, like no dude we got it we got it he hit it counts, that's all we yeah. needed we counts, yeah. it counts, it counts. It, it, that yeah, that shot enough. when they showed the um when they showed footage from it in like the Hall H thing at Comic Con that's when we we're like this is not the movie we thought it was this is yeah. a much more br- and then you know they they showed a montage of people exploding like for yeah. for the next five minutes well, I, but it's like holy shit this movie is way more vicious than yeah. <laughs> I thought it was which is my it's my favorite scene when we get to it it's my favorite scene in this movie <laughs> yeah. is the, the siege of the uh, of the research yeah, complex yeah. is fantastic I love when oh, they love God. cat food oh yeah, it's a nice little kicked his arm right off nice, so, nice little detail that they, <laughs> their, their addiction of choice is, is cat food they, they, it, it, it's worth noting uh, also that uh, especially the documentary stuff, but but most of the film is largely improvised. Like they kind of had a script. It's like this is what's going on, but it's like it's like a, a Christopher Guest movie with aliens. Yeah, <laughs> like it, is, it really is. And it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, there was one guy that played all of the prawns. Is yes, that right? yes, pretty much. He was the main guy. Yeah, I mean the, there were there were the some, one that they interact with. Yeah, do the improv with. Yeah, there were some that we uh, like. There was one earlier that was kind of hacking at a uh, at a pig that was like that was just a guy who sells you know pig parts. Yeah. And he was hacking at it with his axe, and they replaced it with a prawn doing it with his hands, you right. know, and shit like that. But, um, but yeah, the ones they interact with are, are pretty much all the same guy. The it's same interesting actor. to think, though, if in, in the universe of this movie that they landed or they arrived in 82, that would be when apartheid was still going on in South Africa. So I hadn't even ever really considered this until I just saw it five minutes ago. But it, you're talking about this entire alternate history where instead of apartheid with black people, with the Afrikaners, uh-huh. you have apartheid with prawns. Yeah. It's like there was and how that would affect the history of South Africa. There's like a suddenly a new underclass that yeah. you know, that uh, you know does it, did everyone move up? Because it seems like it seems like the, the the idea they're presenting here is it's not like the Nigerians were very upset about this. Yeah. By the way, oh yeah, because well they should they, stop sending all those emails. exactly. I'm That's like right. oh yeah, because they're not scammers at all. But no. anyway, go ahead. Certainly not. Yeah, they're they're fine, upstanding people. Every last one of them. Um, <laughs> the it, the um, but the, the the way this move what this movie suggests is basically that now there's just sort of two underclasses that are sort of they sort of interact 
but it's not like it's not like the existing underclass benefited from the arrival of the prawns, other than it gave them maybe a new black market source and uh, some you know new opportunities. But it's not like they got you know their lives got better because the it, prawns came. It kind of goes against that that thought of well, we just need the aliens to show up and then humanity will finally unite and we'll get over our differences because yeah, then we'll no. have the aliens to just be get against. worse. Things but yeah, it's to make things worse. This is counter to that notion where no, the aliens show up, but we still screw each other over and we're still assholes to each other. Yeah. It also it also is a nice uh, flip of the you know the the old trope of when the aliens come it, it'll be like it'll be like the equivalent of when Jesus comes to earth that they'll they'll know everything and they'll have all the answers and there'll be peace right. and advanced technology it's like no when the aliens come they're going to be disgusting and useless and you know there, there, it's going to be horrible be no that they way came. for us to relate to them yeah. because they will be aliens we'll just be stuck with them it's a, it, I'm I'm honestly surprised, and it's uh, it's cool, and I'm willing to give it to the movie. But I'm surprised that the aliens and the humans can communicate, yeah. <laughs> like at all. Wickes is what? amazingly is an amazing facility to understand what they say. He understands their language, well, yeah, and I they mean, clearly understand they, ours. They Which show is, a lot of levels of that, though, because some of them literally he doesn't get everything they say. Yeah, but right. he knows the gist. Some of them, like at first, I had a trouble putting, and I guess just life is complex and the movie gets complex too and it just takes you a second to catch up with it, but it doesn't play them as one kind of thing. It doesn't ever play them as just and now smart he's, aliens. Well, or, well I, I just wanted to point out again, just his character, look how happy he is to be murdering yeah, their he, babies. He's massacring yeah. a, brood, a brood pen here and just like, okay. And just so like, oh, look, it's, yeah. it's easy. Isn't that fun? Yeah, see, we here, just kill him. Anyway, the, what were you saying? Well, uh, I, I think it's mostly, if, if, at the end well, of the day... Some, some of them behave like dogs and some of them yeah. actually kind of talk. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm, the the whole language thing I'm, is just you know for ease of storytelling. You know, right, if it's right. like just like the thing, rather than have it go, what? What did you say? What? What did you say? I don't understand. Yeah. They do it a few times, but it's just it moves the story along faster if you know we read the subtitles and he just knows what the guy said. That that just makes life easier as far as making the movie. On the one hand, part of me finds it hard to believe or wants to find it hard to believe that anybody could do this this cavalierly, and be so chipper about it, and be so chipper. And on the other hand. I know oh, too know. well. I, well, <laughs> on the other hand, we are so good at dehumanizing other humans that yeah. dehumanizing aliens, I think, would yeah. be. I think so, that's so easy. I think that's oh, yeah. that's you know that's what the the unfortunate uh, you know harsh truth that this movie is is asking us to look at is the fact that you know we 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 well could and you know like as you said we we've we've done it to other people we've dehumanized right. them to the point where we don't mind shooting with flamethrowers and just you know blasting their heads off at random because we can and because we feel like it you know something as as alien as this. You know, it does. I and and something that you know again. There's no benefit. I mean, after 20 years of having these guys in your backyard, I think you might have gotten to the point of, yeah. Look, I I don't really get upset if a few of them get shot when we move in. Yeah. Now it's we, we've reached a, a very important subplot and, and kind of the driving force almost of of everything that happens in the movie, which is that basically the MacGuffin. Yeah, of, the, of, the humans yeah, are trying to understand how to how to make the alien technology work for us because it doesn't because it requires alien DNA, um, and that's a uh, that's a point that a lot of people had contention with in the sense where they're like, I don't understand why the aliens don't just. Like shoot everybody up. Yeah, when they, they've got they, these powerful. They weapons. have this. Then what are they waiting for? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, apparently the answer is basically that these are these are the loser coward aliens. Basically, I think, well, like, I think the they, setup is that they're the worker cast. They are. They're, 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 they're yeah. drones. They, 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 they need point. a leader. They don't. Yeah. They, they will not take an initiative. They'll just exist unless there's a leader yeah. to tell them what to do. Yeah, exactly. If someone doesn't tell them, they're not going to do it. And uh, um, I mean, that's. 
if if you're one of the people who are like fucking, why don't they just shoot the humans? That's why. Well, because- some of them and some of them do, but it's it's not organized. Yeah. It's random, you know. And then they just get taken down. I I love the kid. Yeah, I, the, I think the the, the kid is amazing. It's a great, it's wonderful animation, and obviously not Roto. You know, it's not like they had a four year old out there running around <laughs> acting this out. Um, you know, just beautiful, beautiful animation on the on the kid, the mini prawn or whatever his name is. How do you guys feel about the color schemes going on here? I can't tell if that's like the the yellow one there. I can't tell if that's real or if he painted himself that way. It seems too I, articulated. Christopher, Christopher Johnson has some kind of insignia on his head yeah. that I was never able to make out. Oh, I thought them. that insignia—it's an MNU insignia, isn't it? It's has basically he been, has he been tattooed? Has I think I think it's basically yeah the the, been the Holocaust tattoo type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Because this could have very easily become like uh, Decepticons, where it's like they're they're all just I can't make out anything of what I'm looking at because they're just these weird detailed bug like creatures and they're all the same color. Yeah, and they 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 overcome that by making them all sort of have a sheen to them, and some of them are like red and some well, are green. Well, it's not only that, but they also uh, they also wear clothes and they wear silly clothes. They yeah, you know, they put bras the on their bras, yeah, like and that, the bicycle but, helmets and yeah. and everything. But uh, you know they they wear them the way they want to, not yeah. the way the man says they should. In the end, it might this be is... it might be body paint that they've applied in uh-huh. certain cases. You know, it does, you, you, there's no way to know, but uh, you know it doesn't really matter. It just it's a way to visually yeah, so, identify. So here I like the non-Newtonian fluids that he's got. Yeah, we had a little non-Newtonian we've, we've fluid. We jumped to not documentary, by the way. This yeah, is, yeah, this is slipped into because there's no way that you know you would yeah, have this, this scene be a documentary. This is outside of our lead guy's world. He, he's not seeing this with his eyeballs. This is I guess this is happening now. I guess why it doesn't work for me is because that moment of transition is this horrible as you know scene where yeah. he's explaining to this his helper this entire process that presumably they've been doing for 20 years. Yeah. It's like, no, we need the liquid to do this because the liquid does that, so that's what we need. And it's like, yeah. we, it's the, it's how the, long have you been working on this? Yeah, the Mag- yeah I forget what we're doing exactly. <laughs> right. Giovanni Ribisi steps in. Let me explain what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. This is unobtainium. This right here. Do you think they're... Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, come with me right here. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think th- I th- here's how I think this ended up happening, and it t- tell me if you think this sounds plausible. Why would how- he leave? Why would he leave the fluid with the guy who's going to go talk to yeah. the human? With the guy who apparently can't keep in his head what it's for yeah. or how important it is. <laughs> and especially when the guy's an idiot. Oh my god! He says be polite, and the first thing the guy does is just slam yeah. the door at them. <laughs> well, well played. Well played, Yellow Jacket. Do you think the conversation that took place to get this to the format it is, where it's like the first third is a documentary, and then the rest of the movie isn't, is because? It's such a great idea to do this as a documentary, and that would have been their first idea, but then they're like, how do we follow him into the... Like, what explanation could there be for a documentary crew following them into their heist? Right. I think that's what it probably was, is we'll do this documentary feel, and it'll make us seem more real, and then they tried to get into the mechanics of telling the story and realized they couldn't tell all the points of the story that they needed to, and so just change so, the point of view. Right. They just... Well, they, they made it, you know, a transition. It's like it goes from... In a sense, it goes from the real world to a more movie-like, you know... Uh, dramatic, which situation. is adaptation, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is fine. I Hopefully. mean, it's 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 okay to do that, but it would have been a stronger movie had they had they confined the point of view either one way or the other, uh-huh. and stuck to their guns on how they were telling that story, or at least made it a little bit more obvious where the switch right. is coming. You know, made the transitions clearer and gave the transitions themselves purpose. Yeah, saying this okay, guy, we are changing. So you're watching an unedited documentary for 20 minutes, and then like the TV turns off, and our main character just like just just walks on, away from the walks TV in, and watching the documentary walks into the room and starts telling the story. So here we are, and here we are. There, it, there, there's our moment, right? Possibly yeah. be. There's our moment right there, and and this is where I start to go. You know, it's the one thing that it's like. Well, oh, you too. So this is your one thing too. Well, it's the it's 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 related to what Brian keyed off of. It's the it's the fact that okay, not only 
does this magic juice, you know, that we've had a, an as you know scene, somehow it powers spaceships and turns humans into prawns. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was know, the exact a, problem that I had know, with it, too. Because, you know, diesel does that. If, well, then, uh, diesel will power a truck and it will turn you into a cat if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. um, the... the uh, um, first of all, him spraying himself in the face. I mean, you see that in the trailer. And my roommate was like, I hate this guy. I want the aliens yeah. to win right now. As yeah. of this point, I'm against the humans in this movie. But, the, I, but, I, but I think that's fact- kind of the idea. I mean, I was like, dude, he's so cocky. It's like, dude, oh, dude. You right. know, so you knew he was headed for a so fall at some point. But to be fair, um, the, the, the thing about their technology is that the, the way, the way I've, I, I kind of justify it is they, it's, it's based on their DNA. And th- this is a very distilled form of it. And it clearly, you know, with their guns and everything like that, it clearly kind of infuses the technology um, with their DNA. So it's some kind of like, it's, I it's, guess it's some kind the, of... That's the justification. Yeah. And, and, and at that level, I'm okay with it. I'm okay that, you know, their tech is kind of biotech and it's based off mm-hmm. of them. I, I draw the line where I'm like, oh, but, you know, you can just... By spraying him in the eye with a thing, you can turn a human into a prawn. I'm like, eh. well, I, I think you I have, think you have to start I, asking questions I, I, like, I think, what is it about being a human that makes you susceptible to this? Why doesn't when well, it drips on a plant? Well, I don't think it's necessarily that. But but the difference is, I, I think the the turning point is actually not that moment. It's actually what's about to happen where uh, Vickis gets his ass handed to him because he gets injured, and and when his so body his tries system. to repair itself. It's confused as to what DNA it's working with. Yeah, well, oh, okay, and that's why it Again, starts right. with it. That's, that's why it. it starts with his arm. I was going to say it. that doesn't make any sense that it would happen like just part of him would sort of yeah. Spread, that's like, you that's know. why yeah. it starts with his arm because that's what get in. And again, that's the first. justification. But it's like there's no spray on Earth that will turn you into an yeah. earthworm. Yeah, you know, right. much and less something from another planet. Right, you know, it's and like, it's like if it were a different science fiction movie, I would buy that as a piece of magic in the confines. But this movie is so gritty and real. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. It's it's raising the suspension of disbelief bar so high in every other. Other capacity. Yeah. Now, you're, this is this is something where we have to sort of talk about the difference between what the universe of the movie is and what the, the premise is and what the plot is. Because an interchangeable version of this movie would have started tone. the same way, but the plot would have been different. Instead of this is a movie about he turns into a prawn because of this thing that happened 20 minutes in, uh, it just continues to be an apartheid. Like, it could have been any other story with the same universe and aesthetic and characters. And they really went for a straight-up sci-fi plot, where it's just like, and now it's the fly in Alien Nation. I think in, in the end, I, you know, I understand why they did it, and I get why they did it. I, I, and maybe this would have been the wrong choice, but I, I would have had the story be exactly the same, except without him turning into a prawn. Like if he, if he ended up just sort of sympathizing with them without the making it easy by saying, "Well, you are one now." So I, you have to be sympathetic. To I'm them. not you sure how to one. do that though with a character like this. Well, I, th- I, I, I think just, he goes through exactly all the phases that you would, where he, you know, he he still he's an outcast. He's hunted like them. He has no choice but to take refuge with them. I just think it makes everything so much easier if you go. By the way, you're turning into one, so you have no choice in the matter. I um, could I could go that way, or I could also go the prawns are turning him deliberately, or turning one of them, and it happens to be Vickis or whoever. But it's a deliberate plot on their part to turn one of the humans into one of them. At the, in the end, though, it's, I'm still just objecting to the fact that, you know, in, in, in a week and a half, a human can become a prawn because you sprayed him with magic juice. Accidentally. But if the prawns had been working on no, I just, that, that, that you know, in, in the universe I live in, there is no way that works. That can't happen. I, you know, I think so. my... I think my um, I would Even be, though I'm kind of okay with that, my objection to it is the fact that he turns all the way into a prawn as opposed to some kind as of As opposed to, yeah, going hybrid. like the fly yeah, route where yeah, he became yeah. like a thing. Like, God, oh my God, what is he? Yeah. You know, that, that, that would have been acceptable too. I mean, so, that, so really maybe I'm, I'm, you know, I'm drawing the line with the way the movie ends, spoiler, um, where <laughs> they, we say that he's turned into a prawn. If, if he became like some bizarro prawn hybrid that still had no choice but to hang out with the prawn, but, you know, clearly he was not... Well, not even yeah. a prawn. Well, not of I, not yeah. either of them. Yeah, yeah. just a no- and, yeah, and but the prawns accept. 
accepted him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, exactly. take that. The, the man. more you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just enough to, you know, to make the guns work, you know, and, yeah. and so on. But, uh, you know, not like he's turned, you know, like, well, what happened? What happened to his hip bones exactly? You know, where, where do they go? What happened to them? Where are they? You know, they went away in a week and a half. You know, what the hell? Yeah. Um, See, I like I said, I would be okay with it if it if that were something that the prawns were trying to do and had been planning and working on for twenty years for whatever their grandmaster plan was. The fact that it's a coincidence and it's yeah. accidental and it just so happens to work out that way—that's the problem I have with it. Yeah. So or, again. or if it was accidental in the sense that where they're like. Uh, you know they're they're trying to you know he's he's this guy who's their problem so they're trying to like assassinate him but it doesn't work yeah you know it's like it's like the thing that poisons them actually fucking you know does whatever mutates him yeah. you know yeah I li- I like I like how how this guy he's not fighting or anything like that he's like look you're violating your own fucking paperwork here yeah, like you have to give me twenty four hours and this- Chris, you know Christopher is what passes for an intellectual among the prawns yeah know? his the, objection the is just, this others, is illegal yeah it's like really? the others the others will fight and puke and throw axes at you and he's like actually trying to like have an argument about it yeah like, okay now let me just get this straight about the legal process you're talking about here so let me just explain all right so let's. I'm going to call my attorney, and I think we're going to get this sorted out. We're about to have a, a psychology and sci-fi hybrid conversation now. You guys are all familiar with the Stanford Prison Experiment? Yeah. Yes. yes. For those that don't know, in uh, this, I think it was the 70s, not in the 80s. Yeah, um, 60s or 70s. This uh, a, a professor at Stanford, a scientist, decided to give, I think it was, I think it was, what was it? Twelve people off the street. Twelve or twenty or something. Like one that. of two discrete jobs in this little. I thought. Confined it, I, I think it was actually students. It was students. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a sure. volunteer but, thing. But they volunteer, just volunteers off the street. One of one of two discrete jobs in this experiment. That basically it was supposed to go on for like a week, and they sort of sequestered off part of the building. And it's called the prison experiment. They didn't call it that, but the idea was you're either a guard or a prisoner, and how you treat with people. Like it was to find out what people would do in a situation where they were just given arbitrary control over a situation as opposed to a team leader surfacing normally and what ended up happening was that in a, in a an unbelievably rapid manner <laughs> it went from being courteous to the prisoners and doing the whole thing to like putting them on the ground and like stepping on the back of their neck and doing like really really roughhousing these people that were all students that were all of the same like yeah they, they're, they're all the same they're all these they're all white kids at stanford yeah they yeah. were and they and, were assigned totally and, at random and yeah. almost you're, you're the prisoners you're the guards go like literally within a day and a half it had mm-hmm. gotten to the point where it was we have to stop the experiment this is torture this yeah. is wrong so that that gives me a little bit of faith in the notion faith, faith. <laughs> that uh, that we are in fact as terrible as this makes it uh, makes us look. Oh yeah, there's no oh, yeah. Because, because there's you know, no question. It's, it's you know. Well, it, I mean, that was the whole thing with like Guantanamo Bay. People were like shocked. I'm like, really? That's what yeah. we do. And Abu Ghraib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, in the end, that's the thing. In about, the end, humans will do what they can get away with. Yeah. You know, it's it's sad, but it's true. And well, it's that, the fact that we you know we to have a society that works. You know, you have to you have to agree. Okay, I'm not going to kill anyone in this room. Yeah, <laughs> but but if we all agree that it's okay for me to kill the people in the next room, then we're still cool and we can have lunch later. Then we'll, well that's, do that. That's that's, that's there, what we'll do. That's another ex- the Milgram experiment with um that right. that was a, a similar thing. Experiment. The other psychological experiment where it was basically like um uh, which which doesn't quite apply to this one, but it applies some, uh, to this movie. But it applies to to what we were saying in in the sense that there was a an experiment where it was like it was it was students. They brought this uh uh they brought in these students and they basically were administering a test. They were told they were administering a test to someone that they couldn't see. They were just kind of speaking to them through you know uh, a microphone and speakers, and 
if they got a qu- a, a question was, wrong. Oh yes, I, was, I, was, I know. I was just going to reference that yes. one. Yeah, you were yeah. you electrocuted them, and, 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 and increasingly the, gave them increasingly a shock. increasingly more severe shocks. Yeah, and it would be you know it's the kind of thing where the the person on the other end was not actually being electrocuted. It was just someone screaming. Just, they were just, just someone acting. screaming. They were, they were performing, but they yeah. would they would you know beg them to stop and do this whole thing, and there'd be a point where they would stop responding entirely, and the. Uh, what what was found was as long as the guy in the white coat said no, it's fine. Keep keep running the experiment. Right. Yeah. The people would ki- even though they weren't really Most electrocuting someone, they thought that they were electrocuting someone, and they were still willing to continue because an authority figure told them it was okay. Because yeah. those people that were brought in were told that they weren't the ones being uh, tested right. or experimented they, on. Well, like they so many, like so many psychological tests, like so many psychological tests, the thing they tell you is being tested is not what's being yeah, tested. Right. Well, right. Now, the thing that's the link between those two things and the connection back to the movie is the matter of context and what happens when you look at a situation without context or with context changes how it looks. So if right. you were to walk into the prison experiment, just... Hey guys, what's going on? What the hell are you doing? Like yeah. that, it would have been one of those sort of things. I just had that. that same I don't moment. like this shot. That's one of this these this pair of shots are some of the two that don't work for me because like there's no motion blur and yeah. I don't know I don't know why. Not I just want Robocop <laughs> too, sir. But um, as the but as the you know as things go, it's still that's you know still impressive. Ten years ago, you would have gone. That's a flawless, perfect shot as good yeah. as it can be done. Here, it's 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 only not quite perfect. That's the yeah. that's the level yeah. of visual effects. It's true. So when you see a shot where it's like. I just barely met this universe. I'm still catching up with it. And I see this intelligent, well-read alien come out and start asking questions about the forms. And these guys are treating him like shit. That's when I start to go, but he's being fine. But he's, yeah. he's not being mean to you. What, what's your whole thing? Well, Vickis and that's, is... And that's the whole... He's already in the middle of the Stanford prison experiment. I guess it... Uh, well, I guess in Vickis is a good example of the, the Milgram experiment where he's not... You know, it's not necessarily that he's a bad person. He's just been told that this is how he's allowed to behave. Yeah. You know, and as long as the the people above him say it's okay it's to okay. do these things, okay, I'm going to keep doing it because it's because it's okay. Even if even if he's got a twinge that something's wrong, he's like, well, they say it's fine, and you know, it's cool. Yeah. As it's basically like I'm not getting in trouble for this, right? Okay then. Yeah. But yeah. again, <laughs> again it's, uh, you know, our utopian sci-fi. I was just doing my job. Yeah, our utopian sci-fi trope is that you know, well, any advanced society is going to be benevolent and you know and enlightened and have high moral standards and 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 therefore we have you know that's 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 it's a trope that we have. It's like well. Ask ask uh, cows how they think about that theory. You know, ask <laughs> ask whales about that. Ask dolphins about that. Um, you know, they're right here. We 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 share ninety percent of our DNA with them, and we have no problem with shooting them in the head with big metal spikes and pulling them out of the water and cutting their cutting their fat off. Um, and they live here with us. <laughs> they're practically us, as opposed to things that came from another world that have nothing in common with us and smell funny and eat cat food. Well, we we like uh, to. Think- oh, I love this bit. He uh, just shits himself and yeah. everyone's yeah. Oh, there. I'm not really in the mood for a party. <laughs> we like to think that our morality is a collection of absolutes when it really is just the circumstances that we happen to find ourselves in. It is. And it, well, and it again, varies it's, over it's time. It's what people say is okay. I mean, yeah. pe- and people, those are the circumstances. When people talk about, you know, they're like, oh, absolute morality and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, tell that to the Aztecs. They thought yeah. that human sacrifice was not only okay, but necessary. Yeah. yeah. It was wrong to not kill a virgin on or, top of the table. Or, yeah. or cannibalism morning. or pedophilia in ancient yeah. Greece. Yeah, exactly. Or pedophilia, pedophilia. You know, and, uh, you know, just in homosexuality in ancient Greece. You know, in ancient Greece, it would be like, you 
slept with a woman for fun? That's what you, weird. It's so gay. And, and, anyway, it's so weird. It's like you slept with you, you had sex with other men for for recreation. Yeah. Only when you wanted to like make a child did you bother to sleep with a woman. <laughs> you know, and that was that was that that was the morality of the time. You know, and the fact that people go, well, homosexuality has always been wrong. It's like, well, it depends on where you live and what year it is. Yeah. And I guess I could reconcile and my. What you mean by always? Yeah. I guess I could reconcile, or if I was the filmmaker, I could have reconciled. Uh, the immediate reaction of the viewing audience who isn't a part of the Stanford Prison Experiment as they're watching this movie. They're just, part, they're just watching what's going on. Had I ever seen protesters, some group of college kids with beards out inside the thing saying, stop trading the... Tr-, that, you know, Someone that, uh, that did not agree with the way they're handling this shit. Because somewhere in this universe, in this world... There are people that think they're treating the prawns terribly. That's true. There must be an yeah. Amnesty International here somewhere. Uh, I'll, and and I'll, they're not, they're, we don't see that at all, do we? We don't no, see we that, don't. that represented. And, if, of course, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's what he says. It's, it's the, the, the problem is if that's the kind of thing where it's like, that's a shot of Berkeley, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the people over here being like, that's wrong and blah, blah, blah. Well, why don't you go do something about it? No, no, no. I need a shower, you know? Mm. <laughs> this happened to me once at a party, and it really was embarrassing. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I puked black alien fluid all over the cake. It was, it was, it kind of brought the whole evening down. How'd you clean it up? Um, well, I, I used well, it to, I just cut away. I used it to power yeah. my spaceship and uh, get out of there. It yeah, out really well. Didn't have to look any of them in the eye again. Yeah. Now this is where this movie is about to get really, really, really scary. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I did not have any... Did you guys have any inkling whatsoever that this was the plot this movie was going to take? Yeah, because of the yeah. Comic-Con. Comic-Con showed this. I, I didn't... I was actually time. disappointed that they had showed this much at Comic-Con. Yeah. Well, that's... I didn't, for a I didn't reason, know. Because I, I hadn't seen this. And yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, I just I just have a hard time just buying in, in any reality, no matter what your technology is, the fact that that can happen to his hands because so quickly. they may be aliens, but we're still humans. Yeah, exactly. Like so the like said, where's, the, where's the magic juice that will turn you into a dolphin, which is almost what we are already, as opposed to a thing from another world? Or I guess part of my problem is that his arm turns very quickly, and then the rest of the process seems to take comparatively a very long well, time. Well, again, the, my, my argument would be the argument his is arm the, is damaged. The, is the wound. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like I said, yeah, that's the justification. You know, they're trying. You know, they're, they're, they're winging it, but, uh, you know, that's their idea. Yeah. When I say this is scary, I don't necessarily just mean that he's having this weird monster transformation. It's the, the, the instant response. Yeah. Guess what? Your life is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I think it's just a and little And even though he's easy. been, up until this point, he's totally been a company man. And it just shows how little that loyalty counts for um, with, with these kinds of people. Right. How quickly they're willing to completely write you off once you're not one of them. Yeah, exactly. It's this, it's this also, idea of community. It's, you're, I'm not going to kill you or I'm not going to eat you or I'm not going to do whatever to you. As long as you're be, like me. Because I arbitrarily decide that you and I are part of some family or community. As soon as a that tribe. distinction changes. Yeah, tribe. tribalism. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's the beginning of civilization. Without that shit, where would fire and writing and agriculture be? I mean, it, it's true. We would still be working on I'm bigger than you. I'm going to kill you now. It's true, though. But the only I don't think fire, the discovery of fire has anything to do with you can't have fire. Okay. Only the, I can have fire. And the only real, when you really get down to it, the only real distinction between, you know, conservatives and liberals, Democrats and Republicans, you know, nationalists and I don't know, universalists, I guess. I don't know what the opposite of that is. But it's <laughs> how we define how big our tribe is. Conservatives are just. I'm only going to worry about other American citizens. I'm only going to worry about and, my and, fellow and Americans. And then only the ones who agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> you get to the extreme end, that's where you end up. And it's the more liberal view is, no, while we're all human beings, so I'm going to consider anybody that's a human being as part of that tribe. And that's really all liberalism or progressivism is, is expanding that tribal definition to include every human being on the planet. And then 
you would obviously need to take that step up further to include aliens. To include humans. aliens, yeah. But that's a whole other... Can you imagine how much of a corroborating factor this would have been for the guys at the company who have been making up this shit about getting infected this whole time? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit! Have like they... That- have they- been talking about possible well they didn't there's all these posters them, on the so. walls in the uh, in the office oh. uh, that say they're all infected don't touch them oh. shit like that where well, they're clearly not they just mentioned a few minutes ago interspecies prostitution so right. they're still alive they they i like i did always uh, uh like even even watching it for the first time i liked how they just kind of blew past the prostitution thing they're like yeah. oh they sell them they sell them guns and cat food and there's prostitutes and blah blah, blah. Uh, and yeah. and you <laughs> could hear everyone in the yeah. theater Ugh. be like wait yeah. <laughs> what did you just say back that up wait what no i don't want to hear more about that the, this scene is very very chilling yeah this is, yeah. is only chilling because his performance it's so completely believable. Yeah. So someone talk not, about not only in his performance, which is very good, but just I can completely see this. Yeah. Happening. Someone talk about Charlton Copley and his relationship with this movie. Well, he's a first-time actor. He's, he was a he wasn't he's he's a guy who was like a friend of Blomkamp's. Or yeah. He's like he's done some producing for Blomkamp, but uh, he he doesn't uh, he hasn't acted before. And so that that's one of the reasons they and did holy shit. Th- that's yeah. one of the reasons they did this movie the way they did. Actually, was they were like we think. Well, You'll probably be able to to do better just kind of doing your thing than yeah. than trying to read lines, yeah. you know. And so then, there it is. <laughs> I what what I think is interesting is how quickly. I have a I, I do have a problem in terms of uh, uh, Vickis's character arc, um, in the sense that uh, it's a little inconsistent. Like I don't understand why he's already kind of refusing to to go along with what they're doing you would think at this stage he would be like i will do whatever you ask me yeah, to. He, he, he would still be trying to be the company man yeah. so that they wouldn't ostracize yeah him. as soon as well, they're then, like well balance the i think it's the way this, at this point but, at this point well, yeah he would have been here, more he, like, here you might him, here yeah, you might now, turn, but, yeah, but balance the no. impact of what we've got balance the impact of this same moment with or without him caring yeah like he didn't he, he cared the whole time and then it's like why is this must be painful for him or something and then you see this and it adds an extra level to it yeah in the other version this would have been the first level of Hey, wait! Something is very wrong here. I'm not yeah. going to do this. You yeah. know that that this the, should the, the Milgram experiment. Yeah, yeah. This should have been the first moment where he refused to do it, and that would have been a moment for him, as opposed to before, where he's just like, "No, I don't want to." Be. No, I the whole time. I can see it because you have this horrible transformation going on, and they're they're not treating you with any compassion whatsoever as right. you're undergoing this horrible, horrible experience. Right. I, I could see that as being the first moment of, "Wait a second! I I've given so much of my." my care and my loyalty to you but there's obviously no reciprocal no reciprocation going on there's it but there's there's also an interesting line there that uh maybe maybe could have been drawn a little more sharply too and maybe somewhere in what we're talking about might have been a maybe a better way to approach it is he didn't have any problem with torching a shack full of alien babies and he had he watched you know how many aliens get get gunned down when they were trying to clear the ghetto um, so it's the fact that he's doing it himself that suddenly he has an objection yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. That he's got to pull the trigger himself. Suddenly it's a different thing for him. That's true. Now, here's what I don't understand. Why don't they just grab some stem cells or just get a swab of blood? Like, they need his DNA. They don't need, okay, we need to kill him because we need we need his arm. We need his head for what we're going to do. with. Dude, you're going to get anything you're going to get out of marrow and DNA. Like, that's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they're exactly. Why are they going to well, they're going to strip them down to nothing? Yeah, take so out well, all the parts. Well, they don't know. Since they, they don't, don't know what's going on. Well, so they well, need to look at everything. Well, the issue is like, then why kill him? Because maybe that maybe you're killing the golden goose. It's right. like, let's, why don't we just you know, let's what's the hurry? Well, let's, that's exactly, let's just kind of chill with this and see how it develops. I think that's exactly it. But I, I think that's a that's a uh, you know 
that that's less the filmmakers not really thinking about it, and more just the fact that these guys aren't. They just don't give a. They're fuck. not big picture thinkers. They are. They're going to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs because they think there's more of them in there. You know, that's that's basically their. Which their is completely plan. how corporate culture works. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to trying to pursue that profit. Precisely. Yeah. It doesn't matter the long term. It doesn't matter the seven generations. It only matters about next quarter. Yeah. Seven generations. That's a Native American thing. It's um, they're saying you. Know, it was, uh, I guess, the ruling council or some Native American organization. You know, before we came in and screwed everything up. Their <laughs> their ruling philosophy was: every decision decision we make, we must consider the effects down to seven generations. Like how yeah. how the far how, right. how far reaching it'll be. And and now See what there, you did there are, you America now- hater though. <laughs> just assuming that the Indians were all idyllic and wonderful and singing show tunes and had talking raccoons and, and stuff. And, and now a bad white guy came. Now I'm so the, sick of being uh, your bitch, man. The the irony being that Native there's, American now, there's now a corporation called Seven Generations that, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they produce green products, but they're still a corporation. Come on. Were they about to cut into him while he was awake? Oh, yeah. Why would, why would, they, make him, why would they leave him awake? Vivisection gives you more information than... Yeah. Than what? Yeah. Well, well, I'm just. I'm just well, they don't want to. They don't want to. You know, they don't want to contaminate the sample. You got to. He's not. They don't want to put some chemical right. in there. Yeah. As as soon as he as soon as that can arm sh- showed up, he's not human anymore, and they don't care. Can they shoot him or something, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, they got to. They're they're trying to keep the the cells. They said they said uh, the you know the infection is is active. So they, they're trying to keep it as yeah. as active as long. as I may they have can. I may have missed it, but you know, even given you know corporate next quarter thinking just in terms of you know thinking it through it's has there been any question of like of them asking so how'd this happen to this guy shouldn't we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't we want to find out like, this is if this is what it takes to be able to be able to have a human sort of used alien technology let's try and make more humans like this and how did right. this did they even ask that question has it even come up i mean uh, i don't think, I don't we think it does no. and that's a good no. question but i don't yeah. but i uh, you know it's not just like they're just gonna go oh look you turned into an alien again, let's cut him to bits i don't that's, i don't think they want story and it's not part of his experience and i don't well, think I'm, they'd want to make more humans like him i think that's the, their their thinking is so narrow like that they don't want to they want to be able to do it without doing this you know, without having to become one of them. I'm, again, I'm just asking in terms of, of you know, not knowing that you're in a movie, right? And just being pre- pre- presented with a situation. Wouldn't you, as a thinking human being, no matter how evil and corporately greedy you are, say, "Can we first establish how this happened? Because this is something that we've been waiting 20 years to be able to happen. Let's think about this and examine it." So it's like, how did you get this way? What made you this way? Is there a way we can do it where it's controllable as opposed to just hacking you to bits and you know keeping you in a jar? I mean, you know, so he's there. he could say, "Well, I got this stuff sprayed in my eye." Oh, there's a clue. Let's pursue that. <laughs> but uh, I don't see any sign of them doing that. And like I said, I, I I know it's not part of his experience, but the way the corporation is acting seems to be driven by well, well we just want the story to be a certain way as opposed to what they're doing making any sense at all, no matter how stupid or clumsy they're supposed to be presented to be. Maybe it's just my anti-corporatism, but I can mm-hmm. completely see a corporation behaving this way. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you're, you're talking about... <laughs> and I don't, because a corporation, as much as we like to think they're stupid, they're not stupid. They're actually scarily clever. It's just they don't care about people. But they don't do things that are stupid. It's like, I know, let's burn down our nuclear reactor. No, That's n- dumb, n- right? Not, not stupid. <laughs> not stupid, but short-sighted. And again, it's corporations short, can corpor- corporations are not short-sighted. Corpor- absolutely, they are. Absolutely no, no, here's the thing. Absolutely, they are. Corporations are absolutely not short-sighted. Corporations 
live forever. Corporations want no, to live. No, they do. It's like the, the idea is, look, and the, the concept of corporation is, you know, it's, it's actually a living entity. We've created these new living AIs called corporations, which... Well, especially now. Thanks, yeah, Supreme Court. Exactly. Yeah. Which they have the status of a human. So we've created these things that live forever and eat money. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 I mean, no, there's a whole school yeah. of thought about that. And the thing is, what you're missing is they don't care about humans. Corporations don't well, no, care I, about humans. I, I they, get they, that part. They don't even care about the humans. I that agree they, with that part. They don't even care about the humans that make themselves up because they're, those are interchangeable, disposable parts. The chairman of GM could be a different guy tomorrow, and GM will still be GM. Uh, so the idea that corporations are short-sighted, they're not. They want to protect themselves forever. They're just short-sighted. Exactly. You, do, you don't have to laugh. Exactly. They're short-sighted about, well, you might get poisoned next week by what we do, but that doesn't affect the corporation. They'll survive that. No, no. I, I disagree with that, though, because, I mean, if you just look at Wall Street and the fact that the, the guy that just testified in front of Congress and was saying, well, you know, this this – we had this housing bubble, and really, we just never thought the prices would come down. And whoever was questioning was That's like, right. really? But, you thought that this one... But, but, the, but my point, the corporation didn't die. The corporation is just fine. Humans got screwed, but the corporation is still there and still living, and it will. You but know, the humans operating that corporation were still very short-sighted. Oh, we can if we no, if we slice guess, and, and chop, again, if we I, slice the and chop this way and sell it this way. And again, I'm not the saying they're quarter. short-sighted. They were serving the corporation, and the corporation lives forever and mm-hmm. has a very long-term but that's, view. But that's not arguing against. Against the movie that's still happening. I was going to say, hey, look, well, the alien movie. Well, yeah. no, but about, but that, again, that's my point about. I just don't think that you know. That well, the, no, because the, the corporation the, 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 being this stupid, it will still survive. I mean, it. it I don't think you're arguing against the fact right. that they could they could still do something. This, you know, it just, it just comes back to again. It's like as 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 nice, you know, as much as I admire this movie, and I think it's certainly, you know, I'm not saying this movie's 2012. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I'm just saying that you know, it just. It's it's the the bad guys do bad guy things yeah. that don't yeah. necessarily make it's, sense. It's the yeah. wishy washy Hollywood interpretation of the big corporate world. Yeah, and the just, first thing they want to do is kill our lead guy. Although although no. to be fair, I mean Blumkamp is not a Hollywood person. In fact, m- much of the sensibility of this film is very not. No, he's he's very under you know he's very underground uh, avant garde. Well, I don't mean Hollywood in terms of that the, the disciples of the Hollywood elite. I mean more like the guy that went to film school and is like the film school guy. Okay. His, story, his, opi- his opinion of the corporate world. The storytelling convention. Sure. By the way, we kind of missed it, but uh, the the uh, official story going out over the newswire is that he got this way by fucking an alien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to make him all the more of an outcast yeah. and, and, and have no one be sympathetic to him. Yeah. Although they may very well believe that. <laughs> Most of the people in the corporation may be may very well just buy the company line and be like, "Well, I fu-. that's why they're not asking questions." They're like, "You fucked an alien." I heard it on the TV. That's <laughs> we know how it they happened. They sent out a memo, and again, or, not yeah. to belabor the point, but even though I am, is like, if if you're a corporation, you go, "We really want to crack this alien technology," and one of your own workers shows up one day and goes, "Hey, I can fire an alien gun." Your first thought is not going to be, "We should come to bits." It's, it's like I think you'll have some other more reasonable questions before you take that step. That's all I'm saying. Not that you won't then, after having a board, I, a board meeting, agree to cut him to bits, right. <laughs> which you might well do that. And I, I could see that the fact I could see the possibility that they had that board meeting, and obviously the documentary crew didn't get to film it. Yes, but the, the fact that they're not, you know, they're not, they don't seem to be behaving in that way. I understand why the military guy goes, just goes, let's just kill them all. I mean, I get him, I understand that. I just don't quite get the science behind it. I actually don't know, but it may, when he eats cat food, he may very well be eating cat food, because it's not like it's not ingestible by yeah, humans. Yeah, exactly. some, <laughs> some cat food's pretty tasty, actually. <laughs> Is this a shot you're talking about? There you though? go, as opposed to eating, a, as opposed no, to eating a, you know, a sheep head that, uh, you know, doesn't that look appetizing? Yeah. That's your choice. Hmm, do I want the sheep eyeball, or do I want the cat food? 
Well, the cat food's canned. At least I know it's probably pasteurized. And well processed. Yeah. yeah. As long as there's no holes in the can and it's not swollen, I think I'll take that over the pig head. <laughs> I, I, you, you get this reaction sometimes. You go into a Mexican place and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want that. You, it's you're, spicy. You know yeah, that. You know. <laughs> you white guys, you know that. Uh, yes, I know it's spicy. Yeah. I still want it. <laughs> I, had the experience in, I had the experience in Korea. Every time I go to a Korean restaurant, I'm big, I love Korean food. I loved it even before I ever went to Korea. But they would always point to the kimchi like it was plutonium. Like, okay, round eye. That's kimchi right there. You see, that's kimchi. And I would make a big show of like taking a big forkful or a big, uh, you know, what. Chopstick full, if that's a phrase, <laughs> um, and just wolfing it down and going, mm, I love kimchi. And then they would just be like, Oh, I can't oh my watch gosh. He's the holy one. Yeah. Well, oh, this is this is very yeah. much the fly, you know? It is. It owes, it owes a little something to the fly. Yeah. I, I think his whole uh, kind of story owes, owes a good amount to, to the fly. Definitely. Well, now he's going to want to eat cat food. He did. He tried to. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> he's not going to be able to eat much else. Oh, that's true. Well, he's about to grow tendrils for no good reason. But. That's true. <laughs> what are those for, by the way? I think it would be nice to have little tendrils on your chest. They're for fucking human women. Ah, yeah. Another sci-fi trope that uh, never made any sense is like, yes, when the aliens come, the big tentacled creatures are going to want to sleep with our women. Mm. Hey, Jabba. As if, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that historical count of that happening before, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, well, well that, that too was a movie, I should point out. But according the, the to the Japanese, like, you know, again, the women are going to want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I live, I live here, at, I live on this planet, and I don't find CNN Go Google hentai, sexy but, at all. You know, I didn't tell you to. <laughs> this is for, on the internet forever yes because there's because there's a down in front listener who isn't familiar with hentai yeah, well apparently teague over here is i just didn't know that they're going to say that the women want it i thought hentai just meant and now they're getting actually fucked by actually it is kind of it is kind isn't of rape, it? i think the point is that they don't want it yeah that's it? true well they don't think they want it yeah they, but know. they do Talk about getting into, you know. They wouldn't dress like that. Seeing people as other things. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, the, they totally wouldn't ask for it. <laughs> the Japanese the Japanese character, and this is where, you know, we go right to the point where it's, you know, and the, this is where the where the uh, the knee-jerk liberals, of which I usually am one, go go get up and go to the keyboard and write their angry email. But, you know, it's like, having spent time in Japan, you know, it's such a ra- – and Korea, you know, is such a radically different culture that they're, they're even in Japan, even to this day, although 50 years ago was much more strong. But, uh, you know, being a Caucasian in Japan, uh, you know, y- you do – there's a sense of being accepted but not really accepted fully quite often. Now, and it varies by generation, but, the, you know, the younger kids are, are much more, you know, familiar with Western culture and so on. But when I was in Japan, you know, there's a sense of – Okay, you can hang out here, and we'll even hang out and you know, work with you and have dinner with you and stuff. But but you know you're not one of us. You're this not is, one of us. This is a really this was a really freaky scene because you look at it and you see that other parts of him are already starting to turn. So <laughs> so you think he may very well really do it, cut off his whole arm, right? Yeah. Because you're like he doesn't need that arm. Like the story doesn't, doesn't need, need that the arm, arm anymore. Yeah. So so the movie could let him cut it off. So that yeah. was a very scary moment that, in the theater. You know, it's already, it's, <laughs> it is a bit of a, a hamper that he cut his finger off. So yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's kind of shocking that he took that step. I mean, normally you kind of go, he just couldn't quite make himself do it. Right. But the fact that he did try. Yeah. And then just said, oh, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. That hurt like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That was a bad. I'm not. Go- I'm not going through that one one finger at a time. Apparently, no we. I still have a nervous system. That yeah. sucks. The point. Anyway, the point I was making was, you know, again, it, right now today in our world, you know, this this sensibility of being so close to 
being just with a, the right nudge to to change your attitude from they're different from us to they must be exterminated is 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 so just below the surface and we you know we we don't oh, like yeah. to, we don't like to think <laughs> that but it's true and i, I this is also, well anytime you say that yeah. so the the people who are the closest to it are like that's un-american that's uh, <laughs> you should be outcast go back to where you came from now here's a great big Tennessee? he runs right back into the guy whose house he got sprayed at a little in the first convenient place. a little convenient but you know Got a, got ninety minutes to fill here. Got to move it along. Now, did did we have any justification may, for well, why he happened to come back to this shack, or was there a reason for that? I, I missed it. If there was, well, uh, not I mean, they've shown him like running around the compound for all night and however long this day has been so far. So you could, did, 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 you well, could consider he, a coincidence. By the way, a little uh, Independence Day moment where it's like, oh, they can run their they can, programs. Oh, on how nice! Yeah. What, what kind of interface box do you use for yeah, that? Yeah, but. Um, uh, it, it it could be it, this could be coincidence or it could be that he's like that was the smart one well that was the one I could communicate with the most and like also a person. It seems to me and like I said I may be just making it up but isn't he going back to the place where he found the stuff that turned him into a no pawn? no that was in a different uh, shack actually it wasn't the same shack no it wasn't it wasn't in his it was in in another it was one. the other one where they had the lab to yeah, process yeah. the juice oh, okay. Because then I would have bought that. See, I would yeah. that would have made sense if, if he had he, gone if back he'd gone back to, to the shack where the yeah. the stuff that started the process came from. And that's part of my problem with the story of this movie is that it's not, it's not either the aliens or Vickis so much as having a plan. They do, and sometimes... Just, shit kind of just happens. But a lot of times it's just him and, to a lesser extent, them kind of stumbling through these events and the, these events that just kind of happen. Well, I think that ties into... I, I'm, I have that same quibble, except in terms of the corporation. I mean, it's like it, you kind of want to see a little stronger... No, and I am. You know, I, I a little see stronger a through line of like, okay, why did you just do what you just did? Right. You know, and, what, and yeah, and, what is your plan? What is your yeah. objective? And what are you trying and, to and, accomplish? You know, leaving out that you know humans, and it's it's nice that, that that sometimes people do things that are totally wrong and stupid and and don't work. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just right. it does seem to be like, well, that just wow, I was lucky that that just happened because otherwise the movie would have come to a screeching halt right. because <laughs> the story would have been over. It there, just would have been you laying in a ditch in Johannesburg. You know, it's like, oh, it's good that you found the spaceship. There is a lot of whys in this movie that are completely unaddressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that's always the tricky question is how much do you have to explain and how much will the audience just take? Right. It's like, well, do we have to spend all this time explaining why the alien showed up over Johannesburg or or why their, their backstory at all, you know, why they showed up at Earth, let alone Johannesburg? And... All of the, all of these various points. How much do you have to explain? They did, and how much I mean, they they do kind of brush over that, but it's it's yeah. very much. I, and I think they were very smart um, in terms of filmmaking and being able to avoid those questions almost in the sense that it's twenty years later. You know, the, all these people are like, "This is just the world now." We're past asking why. Right. Like, it doesn't matter why. They still have to go to work every day, is. and then yeah. there's still just a big rock up in the sky. Yeah, and we don't kind of exactly. give a shit. Those are the kind of those those bigger picture questions. Those kind of bigger picture questions, I think, are the kinds that you know that only a, a a, a poorly thought out movie would bother to answer because again it, does, it doesn't matter why Johannesburg you know they right. they, they, you know, they don't they, even know why the, yeah the, <laughs> the, the unspoken the unspoken thing about it that they they actually do speak about right at the beginning is you know it's like hey why Johannesburg why not someplace important um, it's because well because the aliens don't know that you know New York is where you go when you want to right well, exactly. yeah I, I've always wanted to have that conversation like how do you decide like under what went through their heads when they're trying to find the place they go to not necessarily here no, no, or no, Independence they, Day but what what is it literally no more than we're going towards that planet and here we are and uh, that's a flat spot right there? 
they, yeah, I, I, my, I always took it to the fact that you know they any place is any place. You know, they, and then the fact that they didn't even deliberately do any of this. I mean, that they, yeah. they, 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 the problems just wound up here. The, yeah. yeah, the theory of the theory of uh, don't they just sort of kind of they're mention refugees it purely yeah. as a, as the refugees that there's some kind of leader caste that apparently they lost or that all died or you know. Yeah. So that it's, like, it's not like the prawns that are here can even explain what happened or why they're doing any of this. Um, it's just like the ship was on autopilot and came and it, you know, came into the atmosphere and it stopped. And yeah. it happens to be what you call Johannesburg, but to us, it was a spot on your globe. That's yeah. it. It was a spot where we can we can survive. It know? was the point. It was the. It just happened to be the mm-hmm. angle that we entered your yeah. atmosphere. It's like we yeah. came from we came from the left and this is where we stopped. So. And again, love this kid. I would want one of these. Yeah. That, yeah. I would, okay. Instead of burning the entire warehouse full of eggs, I would have taken one and brought it home. Because these... You know, oh, I yeah. Have, I would have called him Squishy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he would will be my Squishy. Hug him and squeeze him and feed him rabbits. All right. Slavery. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, I would raise him, you know, properly and send him to uh, a good school. I would raise him he, properly. He'd, yeah. be, he'd be like my favorite dog. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. He'd be a house slave. Yeah. Either, I wouldn't yeah. make him work in the field. Exactly. No, of course not. We be call my, him Love Worker. My house elf. I yeah, tell him he yeah. couldn't leave unless <laughs> totally I gave him clothing. Totally be um, a house elf. But uh, what now, now? What what I do kind of wonder, and I still, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if Christopher Johnson is lying when he says that he can fix Vickis. I because I like to think that he is. I would prefer from a storytelling point. I would prefer that yeah. because it's another massive piece of magic to say that yeah. not only does it work this way, it, but we can also it. fix yeah, it. He for says some he says there are medical machines on the mothership that can fix you. I'm like, we just got to go up there and get the uh, the Apple Eye can fix you. Yeah, I was like, yeah. why would you have those machines? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you have machines that can turn you into a not prawn? And why haven't you yeah. been using them? Got a yeah. lot of got a lot of human to <laughs> prawn <laughs> converter machines yeah, on your exactly. ship. Do you? Exactly. Presumably. It's a machine built for some I th- other I think purpose that right. happens to do that, which is another giant coincidence. I, well, I think I think that brings us back to the more obvious point, which I thought was the case when I watched it, which is he's just saying whatever he can say to get out of the right. Although, although it, it may be the kind of thing where, I mean, obviously they have uh, to work to kind of separate uh, DNA, you know, from, from stuff. So maybe it's just a an extraction uh, machine uh, where, they can, where they can get it out of, uh, yeah, that's pretty rough. That's another uh, Take that thing. The fly. Whoa. No, well, oh, actually, damn. the fly had a scene like this that got cut because it was too gruesome. So here we are in the '90s or the 2000s. Almost the, 90s. the 2010s. Whoa. I'm sorry, 2000 is still the future for me, <laughs> <laughs> and we're in 2010. Seriously, guys, this is the year we make contact. Yeah. <laughs> we're so far past a space odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How and yet that? here we are, and we barely have HD TV. How is, that? How is that Jupiter voyage coming? Are we got that ready to launch yet? Gary Lockwood is still just floating out there. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta go pick. You know, him it's kind of it's kind of easy. In the same way that it's easy to say when we're a perfect utopia, everyone will love each other and be benevolent. It's also easy to say if the aliens came, we'd do this. It's it's not. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to do the. Dude, we would just after ten years, it'd just be like apartheid. It'd just be fuck right. those guys, put them in a concentration camp. Well, it, and, and, I, and I wonder. If that's actually true, well, it's tricky. I mean, I think, it's it would the be, kind I think, thing, we'd, I think we'd have our Berkeley students and well, the whole no, because because well, yeah, but I mean, it's the kind of thing, you know. The the response to that is is a, a movie that that I actually quite liked, even though it didn't do too well, which is Mars Attacks. It's like no matter how many times, you know, they, they, they it could just be that they want to destroy us, and you know, no matter yeah. how many of the of the people in that movie were were like super trying to be progressive and like no no it's just a misunderstanding and blah 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 towards the end you realize they're just kind yeah. of fucking with us like <laughs> yeah. they just want to kill us and that's all there is to it like so it's it's hard to say 
it, it would be very difficult to establish a relationship of trust with an alien species. For the, the thing, same reason it would be difficult to establish anything with an alien species. Right, right. right. The thing is... They won't even look this human. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's Aliens or science fiction is always an exercise of a human imagination. Right. And the, the fundamental breakdown is whatever comes at us from another planet or whatever we find out there is going to be completely disconnected from our human imagination. Right. So... Even the most alien, even the most bizarre, even prawns, which look kind of like they're shrimp. They're humanoid. They're though. humanoid. They have two arms and two legs and a head yeah. and a torso. It, that's still the product of a human imagination, which will be com- kind of a lack of imagination, actually. Yeah. Well, well, and, well, you know, and I mean, for, again, and for storytelling, you know, this is it's a science fiction movie. It's an entertainment. It's not. Look, a, look, it's look not here's a, right, the kid's yeah. been it's, tagged clearly with yeah. a, a, a barcode on yeah. his head. It's not. A, it's not. A, so is he? It's yeah. not a treatise on xenobiology. It's an exactly. entertainment. Right, right, right. To make you think about what, the world. You I, live that's in. what it's supposed to be. I'm not saying it should be something else. I'm just saying if this were to and actually you have happen, to be able to relate. Exactly. That reminds me of one of my very favorite. Speaking of, you know biology and sci-fi films in Men in Black where Will Smith shows up for the first time and he's con- he's confronted with a giant slug and he just he pokes it. What? What are you? He pokes it and Tommy Lee Jones is like, don't touch him. He's grouchy. <laughs> I just love the idea where he's like, you know, humanoid, 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 humanoid and then there's just like this gigantic jellyfish slug. Just well, the- And his first, his first thing to do is probably fairly honest. He's just like, is that a thing? And he pokes it. <laughs> I like I, again a little bit of inconsistency with his character because I'm not, I'm not sure I buy how quickly he's turned into like, hey, I'll help you. That's that is all a lie. Don't go there. Like I'm surprised that Christopher Johnson maybe even seems to believe it. He's telling his kid, oh, it's going to be better. But is that like, does he believe it or is that like a Roberto yeah. Benigni life is beautiful thing where it's like <laughs> right. it'll be fine no matter what happens. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, right. Well. It- to go back to what Trey was saying, yeah, all movies and all stories fundamentally have to be about us relating to some concept and to other people. Right. It's about us, but no matter what else it's about. When the, when the aliens come, we will fundamentally be unable to relate to them because they will be the purest alien thing that we have ever encountered. It's like, can you really go down to the depths of the ocean and relate to the creatures yeah. down there? No, <laughs> yeah. you can't. And not vice versa either. Yeah. Yeah. If, we, if aliens ever do make contact it will turn our minds inside yeah, out yeah yeah like it, we will fucking lose our shit it could very well be that you know they they show up and they go wow this is a nice planet look there's stuff moving on the surface that's gotta yeah. go yeah <laughs> you yeah. know it's like get rid of that stuff that's creeping around on the surface get, clean that layer off and then we can get to work here yeah well exactly it's like what what makes us think that we're worth contacting exactly <laughs> well it's it's dirty. how are they going to know the difference between us and the cows it's really? Jodie Foster's line in in Contact, where it's like you know, it, for them it'd be it'd be like stepping on a hill of ants in Africa, and you know why would we go out of our way to do it? And I think it's James Woods's line, like yeah, but how bad would you feel if you if stepped you, on if that? If you did it, yeah. 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 But again, even more alien because we know about ants, and ants right. are on Earth, so yeah. remove that component to it. You know, and that's, we, we might have a little box area. of them in our house and call it an ant farm guess, and look at it and go, oh, look, I'll feed them. You know, we, we might relate to them even to, on that level. I guess that's a good point. I mean, I mean that, that we've brought up, and I've never really quite thought of it in, in the sense where it's just like, look at all the things on this planet that we are in. Just aside yeah. from the fact that we can't even relate to each other that well. <laughs> look yeah. at all, how many, what other species do we relate to properly? 
<laughs> you know, exactly. nature nature puts the human imagination to absolute shame. Yeah, yeah. there and then there are there are you know and and again there's so many different schools of thought just within that. There are people who you know some people think that abortion is the most horrifying thing that a human can do, right. and some some people think that you know that's acceptable. Some people think that eating meat from another living creature is a horrifying thing, right. and some people think that's acceptable. I mean, and this again, this is all just happening on our planet, right? You know, with things that we can relate to. You know, you might well go up to a cow and pet it and then eat part of one later that evening. You right. know, we have that weird ability to to relate and be empathetic and still go and but yet my own life <laughs> but, go- you're tasty. but you're tasty so that's how <laughs> life goes. So you know, I'm going to feel a little bad about it, but not really. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it. Cuz it wasn't I, yeah, I'm not eating the one I pet. And this scene, this scene <laughs> yeah. here too. Although is, you can pick your own lobster, you know, and I don't have a problem with this that. Is sad. But you still don't drop the thing into the. That's true. Into yeah. the this is pot of water. This scene I think here I could, is though. this scene here. Sadly, <laughs> also is something that uh, if if you live in if you live in an African country, um, you know, you you would not find nearly as kind of like you might find this in our society. You might find this kind of bizarro, like you know, they actually think that it's like uh, it, there are many many cultures in Africa where witchcraft and just you know what we would call just the dumbest, lamest, you know, silliest voodoo. <laughs> Is taken as you know for real and yeah. still very much a part of life and still very much you know they'll they'll burn witches and the, you know all that stuff is going on. Again, here in America, about half of our population is about a hair's breadth from that shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> far more than half. I yeah. would say. Anyway, to wrap up depressingly <laughs> the conversation about outreach and alien civilizations and all that shit. Uh, in recent years, our radio technologies have gone from being this powerhouse that we're just going to jam all the electricity we can into that box and somehow the sound pictures come out of it. Uh huh. We've changed technologies to the point where our new signals, the digital signals that are going out now, will fade before the Kuiper Belt. Like it's just like mm. actually they're saying all the signals. It's not just the new ones. It's it's their well, yeah, yeah. Any signal we've sent, you know, is, will well, not yeah, the, will not get to Vega. We, just we, kidding. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. That's the inverse square law. Is like that's a nice idea, but in reality, the signal gets so weak about a light year out that it wouldn't even get to Alpha Centauri before it was background noise. Yeah. So in terms of but collecting, with with. Yeah. Uh, through the fact that we're now switching over to digital technology, we're not even really going to have radio waves very right. soon. That's my so point. we're not. It's not, it's not going out there, guys. It's not even yeah. going out there at all. But it's never, sure. you know, it's never been, you know, apparently readable anyway. So right. it's, you know, this unless like, the aliens happen to be. Uh, so it's possible that you know our entire civilization and whatever humans ever will will be or not be will will come and go and die, and the sun will go nova long before any alien civilization might even stumble to this side of the galaxy and go, I wonder if anyone lives here. Yeah. You know, and they, you know, they, the, the earth will have, the sun will have gone Nova and consumed the earth and they'll be like, Oh, wonder if anyone ever was there. You know, that there, there will be no record of us other, other than like maybe about four satellites that are still out there in deep <laughs> space. Someone will find it and go, wow, who's, who made that? That's crazy. This is this is a moment where you're like, oh, because he's not going to get to make halo now. So yeah, he figured he had to throw <laughs> that in. Halo down. moment suddenly jumping in there. <laughs> He does that a couple more times, especially in the uh, the siege. So, we, which is about to begin this instant. Yeah. yeah. So now this scene, this is as I said earlier. This is my, I think this is my favorite scene in the in the movie, just for just for the sheer mayhem of it. Uh huh. And the uh, and my, it's got my favorite joke. Yep. Yep. Uh, I which know I, which it's one. probably yeah. the same, exactly the same <laughs> one that you're you're referencing as well. Um, and I have to say that you know when when it's time to finally okay, let's cut loose and have some mayhem. They they do it pretty darn good. Yeah. They they do it upright. Of course, it's it's funny that of all the people to have to become a leader and start showing the prawns what's what, it's, it's Joe Blow this here. fucking guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're so desperate who, who, for leadership that this guy looks good to them. Okay, we'll do what he says. Couldn't He's lead his way out of a yeah. 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 That's couldn't lead his way out of a wet paper bag. Those are the thought experiments I like to to have sometimes. We're like, how would the movie be different if it just happened to be that guy that day, right? Instead of 
you know, if, if it were if it were Everybody the military is, dude or whoever tetra- that just happened to be and end <coughs> up being the one to clear that particular right. little self reference there, the Ball, of course, is the uh, <coughs> what's talked in in uh, live in Joburg and so on is the mm-hmm. the pseudo company, the pseudo technology. Yeah, you see what I, I know. You guys see this, but uh, for <laughs> here's, the, here's the joke right here. <laughs> Where yeah. Christopher goes, "Fuck, dude!" <laughs> I love he's, that he's, moment. Yeah, he's never seen this happen before. Yeah, he's Chris, just fuck. Christopher literally <laughs> says "fuck" in the subtitle. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> It's like, dude, damn, chill, man. Come on, <laughs> holy man. I know you guys are with me on this, but for the for the purposes of having the conversation, so that people that aren't, uh, did he just put his bandaged finger in there? No, oh, that's. Uh, I think that's the director, by the way. Uh, the one, I, I may be wrong. I think he just put his bandaged finger into the fingerprint scanner thing. This oh, to me is like the bandage on it. When you say yeah. District Nine to me, my my mind goes to the documentary in the first twenty minutes. Like that's my that's the vibe that I uh-huh. think of. And now we're in straight up action movie. And this yeah. is again the difference between the premise and the plot. Right. Like they could have changed the, the plot. It could have been about this guy and he has this whole thing and his interaction with the people. But this is the he's becoming an alien and now they're breaking into a government facility th- storyline, which is it, it, he's it, Luke Skywalker. It, it, it's, it seems like it could be lifted out of the movie. And replaced with something as good or better without changing the fact that District 9 is awesome. Like, I feel like this is... It, it, it's, it feels, feels so grounded in some places that this well, kind of stuff... Well, it feels like out. it's integral, though. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that's what the movie is about. Is like, it's, it's Stanford prison experiments. Like, how, how fast can you switch from being the oppressor to sympathizing with the oppressed and then fighting back against the oppressors? I yeah. mean, you know, it's like, this movie is Avatar, for one thing. It's, you know, there's a lot of movies that are like this. It's it's you know this guy's a switch sides. He didn't have to you know join pigtails with uh, Christopher Johnson. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but uh, you know otherwise this is the plot of Avatar we're following here. Except we're on Pretty home much. soil instead of alien soil. So in the end, you know I think the it's it's justifiable to make the argument that you know oh, it's another one of those white man's guilt movies. Uh-huh. Like oh <laughs> we're just, yeah we do we're bad so here we're gonna make yeah, a movie except, about it. Uh, except they made it in South Africa so it's like but we really did though. Yeah well exactly <laughs> well, South true. Africa. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a white man's guilt but fuck we. We did some shit. Well, exactly. In South Africa, that's, here, yeah. and a lot of other places. That's the thing. Uh, um, but they did some shit, too. Pete, yeah. Well, well yeah. Well, sure. the, the ultimate point is that we've all done some shit to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the real point of humanity. If we felt like PJ O'Rourke wrote a great essay back in when apartheid was the big thing, when all you know all us liberals were like, apartheid and South Africans are the ultimate evil, and oh, isn't it terrible? Where he, you know, like, like PJ O'Rourke often would do, he actually went to the terrible place in question to talk to people and see what they see, see who they were. So just as we were demonizing the Afrikaners at that time, 20, 30 years ago, um, and he, he came back and wrote this great essay where he said, you know what, you know what South Africa is? It's America. <laughs> they, you know, it's like, you go there, they see a big monument to their, big, their, their, their pioneer forefathers. It's like, the cattle horns are too long, but otherwise you'd find that monument <laughs> in Kansas. You know, it's like, it's all about how with the white people came and they drove the natives off and killed them all and left a few alive to complain. And he says, the reason we hate the Afrikaners is because they're not guilty yet. They don't, they're not going, yeah, we done bad, like we good Americans do. Well, right. now we feel bad for what we did to the, to the natives. The Afrikaners just hadn't gotten to the point of feeling guilty yet. <laughs> they hadn't learned white man's guilt at that point. Um, and it was, a very, it was a very interesting thing where he said that, you know, find me a difference between what South Africa did and what America did, other than the fact that they don't cop to it yet. Right. No, I, that's absolutely true, definitely. And, and so, you know, again, it was a very eye-opening thing. So I, now, now South I Africa, think, of course, has had its conversion, and now they're going through their, we were bad, yeah. <laughs> we did bad. I think that's why, I, I mean, you can definitely, um, 
you know, for better or worse, that's why you can understand as in America, even though we, uh, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily as familiar with apartheid as as Blomkamp would be, for example, um, we can still look at it and go, I get what's going on here because fucking that happened here. It happened yeah, right. a longer time ago, but it did happen here and we get it now. I, I was just I, I was just thinking for a second. Um, what the fair version of our way of the treating the prawns would have been, which led me to this thought: if they were on their home planet, which they generations of them have still never been to their home planet, mm-hmm. but if they were to create their own little, here's where we just live and this is our day to day life, what would it look like? And would it be much different? Because they don't seem to be that organized. So they seem to be kind of savage. That's actually a good question. You know, uh, it might look like this fucking camp. It might almost, just look like a ghetto. I mean, I mean, we you know we're we're saying that in like. That that's a really good point to bring up. Actually, that's a great uh, thing to think about because we're talking about the fact that one of the plot points is this is they, they're they clearly have a caste system. They they have someone that leads and someone that follows. So it's right. like, would it really be that much better for them back home where they're where they're the slaves there <laughs> as yeah. opposed to over here? Maybe the food will be a little bit better, but <laughs> you but know, for the for, most part, for they're the getting taste. left alone. Like every few years, they come and shake the shake the camp and. Guys right. with guns, but yeah, this I mean, yeah, well, I, obviously this is clearly terrible, and I feel bad for even saying this about fictional aliens. But it's right. like they're this isn't so bad. I, you know, right. this might well, be paradise for them. Exactly. Wait, this that's might be this the might thing. be they're aliens. So there's, there's no way to relate. They've got there's, there's got no, the whole thing. There's no way for you know, the, biology, let alone philosophy and morality, it's to hard carry to, over. It's hard, to, it's hard to reconcile this as being an, an okay place to live for someone that has like a computer bank and it looks like Avatar. Like if those aliens had a thing, like well, not the Navi. Like if any sufficiently advanced like the ib4 aliens this would be shitty ghetto this would be south central for them but these guys don't seem to be hyper hyper technologically advanced a few of them are like christopher well, is but but the, but the thing i mean the question is some of them just slap each other and right. pee on each but, other but, and, but christopher clearly uh, the the uh, almost the response to that would be um, christopher clearly thinks things were, are better off at home he wants to get everyone home now whether or not that's just you know um, Helsinki syndrome or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of psychology in this episode. Is it Helsinki Yes, no, no. Helsinki syndrome is what they they called it in Die Hard, I think, or someone oh, referred oh, yeah. to it. It's like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah Stockholm life. syndrome in real life. But <laughs> well, it, uh, that's one of the implications that they don't really dive into. Is okay, these aliens showed up, and then we presumably they we human beings tried to help them at least in the beginning, but because they didn't have that leadership cast, or they didn't have really any driver initiative on their own mm-hmm. they just kind of stood there we and excuse ourselves and floated and yeah. it, the implication in the beginning is well the humans eventually just got fed up with it right and like okay well we'll put you in these camps because we're are you talking about this or avatar uh this <laughs> yeah but there, there's yeah, the idea that we're saying that because there's no leadership cast that right presumably in the backstory the prawns didn't do anything right now the the, the of of course there's also you know the the just the thought where it's like well and it could just be that we didn't realize this at the time, but it's kind of like if they're looking for someone to tell them what to do, why didn't we just do that? Yeah, <laughs> leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can't leave, but like it's yeah, like the ship, ship supposedly can't. Doesn't. Yeah, function. it's it, the ship doesn't I feel, function. But I feel without like the, the in the black in, oil in, in the yeah. rewritten history of of the District Nine universe, I feel like humans. I say we. I mean humans. I, th- I feel like we did the right thing. We gave them their own. We sequestered off a little section. We gave them a. There's only you know ten thousand of you. Here's a ten mile by ten mile sp- like plot underneath your ship, a mile away from your ship. I don't, we don't know what to do. Um, so here's some roofs and 
We'll bring you meat. Do you seem to like meat? We don't know how to... It's like having a house guest that you... I, I don't have any vegetarian or gluten-free food for you, so I can't... Here's some water. Like, it's... What do you do in that situation? I feel like we did some cool shit, and it, <laughs> maybe by 10 years of examples of what the prawns will do if they come out or how fucking weird they are when you go in, they always, like... Like, they have to go in with guns now because they've had these weird experiences with them. They've started to get this thing where they think they're all savages. But, but I mean, there's, there's a kind of thing where it's like... You know, you, uh, this is not successful. This sequence to me, Serenity. But, no, I, I agree. Um, th- this is the one part, like Holy especially shit, dude, it is Serenity. the crash landing yeah. bit. The crash that's landing that's like the worst in the theater. Bit it completely took me. me out of it. But um, although a large part of it this is pra- part, this large part, part of it is practical, interestingly enough. Mm. But uh, the integrate when that the 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 thing actually hitting the ground there's actually they're setting off a large a big detonation in the dirt. To, to the dirt is actually for real. But uh, something about it doesn't quite work. But anyway, continuing your your thought. Um, well, I was just going to say that they, you know, that the, there's a, a an element of truth to what to what Fig is saying, but at the same time, it's like it's not like we can't talk to them. Maybe at first, but we can now. And you know, you'd think we'd have some diplomacy going on, and some like, all right, what do you want? Yeah. What do you need? So they don't have to fucking sneak around in the trash digging for this stuff. Be like, what do you? Oh, that's what you want. Yeah. Well, we will put a thousand people in District Nine helping you search yeah. for that. Shit, well, there is know? there is a um, there's a school of thought, and the movie um, you know might be sort of surreptitiously suggesting it or accidentally suggesting it. But the, you know, there's a school of thought that you know there might be species or and or societies that just can't cohabitate. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, this this you know, it's again, it's we don't like to think that, but mm-hmm. you know, the idea it's like you know, it's possible that there might never be a way for humans and prawns to actually. You know, other than com- be completely separated. You know, it's like okay, there's a wall with a door, and every so often we go, "You all right? All right, cool." And then we just don't deal with each other. Otherwise, you know, there might be a, we just there might be just too broad a gulf to be able to understand. And there are people who certainly you know will probably that to our own again back to our own planet where you know they will say there are people, and and it's like well, they, there's a point to be made whether it's accurate or not. But there are people who say, you know, how you have a peaceful society, have everyone be the same. <laughs> it's like the you know the melting pot concept you know and 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 uh, you know having different different societies and and uh, you know all that it's like well that's you know when people aren't the same that's when the problems happen right and i don't uh, buy that argument when the terms are human beings and other human beings because people made that argument with you know yeah, black but, people like no blacks and whites should not intermix at all ever yeah. like well, and allow no, me to be a trenchant and things are going real well, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they're getting better. <laughs> well, okay. but 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 it's true. There's like, an element where it's like you know. But see, I think, I think they're getting. Be- I think they're getting better. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the one to say it. I think. I think things are getting better when the melting pot actually the melting happens and people don't have such distinctions right. in their societies. That's true. Right. That's true. Lifestyles. Once the once the differences start to go away is when right. things do get better. I'll agree with that. Uh, but I mean, it's true. You know. You know. We we did. Uh, you know, Jurassic Park, and we'll get around to the other ones, I'm sure. But it's like, you know, if the raptors were still around, we're not going to go habitate with them. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. There is no diplomacy. Find a way to, to with, chill with the raptors. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll appoint a council and we'll meet with a delegation of raptors and uh, <laughs> see how that all goes. Yeah, and and, and again, they, they're from here. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Komodo dragons. Let's see if we can form a coalition with the Komodo dragons. Well, then again, we? any, you know, Komodo dragons wouldn't have flown here on a spaceship and, like, parked outside our door. Exactly. Well, I mean, take- <laughs> they're already here, and we can't like have a democratic council with them. Well, yeah, but that's there's but, only but, so but, many. But things. we don't have a democratic council with something that did fly a spaceship here and park outside. Right. The there's only so and many again, things. That's, in that's, the, that's the myth: is just because it flew a spaceship here doesn't necessarily mean 
that we could even speak to. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't mean uh, right. it's not. It doesn't. It's not going to eat your face to at the to first us. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I guess I hadn't. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, the whole idea about um, the way that. What was I going to say? <laughs> okay. Oh, that we well, what what camp would you build for them to make them happy? We wouldn't have a way of doing that. I hadn't thought of. Well, sir, they're kind of talking. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah they're, you could ask them. You just yeah. walk up and say, "What do you want?" But in real life, they're the aliens I wouldn't. Mean, but early but, on, no but even then, I wonder well, what the they same would time, say. Early on, you know, it's like, well, I mean, hey, we, don't we ask the Palestinians what they want all the time? And how's that going? You know, it's yeah. like you you may not be able to give them what they want. You know, they may not. It may not be possible. Well, the other problem, or you is may not want to. They're different Palestinians. Ninety percent of Palestinians just want to live and work and get on with their lives. And there's a small yeah. minority that really just really just, wants to blow up. Just the want Jews. to get on buses and blow things up. So you know, it's, and, and again, it's like, well, how do we solve that? It's like, well, you know, and again, I'm going to be the, the, the guy who, you know, draws the emails. was like, well, here's how we solved it in Iraq. We waited until one side exterminated the other. <laughs> and now things are getting cool in Iraq because one side has won the Civil War. That's how we pulled that one off. You know, we just don't talk about that. It's like, yes, we established peace in Iraq because the one side exterminated the other side yeah. finally. That's how we did it. And again... It worked. Yeah. So uh, how do we which, feel which, which about brings it? Us back, the, which brings us back to how do two societies live in harmony? Yeah. They by probably getting, don't. By they they of destroy one, one of them. By getting rid of one of them or assimilating the other. That's, you know, it's, again, there's there's what we'd like to believe about the world and there's the evidence. And yeah. That's something yeah. that just, you know, should, be, science. should be looked at. <laughs> there's, there's what we would like to believe. There's the evidence. And then there is the potential, I believe. Yeah. True enough. I mean, I yeah, there there is the hope. hope that, you know, that, there is uh, always that hope. Yeah. But, you know, that's I think adorable. the Star Trek utopia is, you know, uh-huh. well, we don't even have money anymore. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter who's who and so on. You know, I was like, yeah, you're Vulcan, whatever. That just means your ears are pointy. What's that's the That's really what we need. We need we need matter replicators. I feel like I feel like no, it's true. It's <laughs> holy well, shit. District nine. And I'd like to uh, see. Well, uh, I feel like his transformation has slowed down. It is. Yeah, that's his what arm, I was saying earlier. Yeah, his arm his went his overnight, arm, and now his he's arm kinda, changes overnight, and then it takes. All I'm with the Michael though that the justification, else. whether or not we buy it, is that well, well that was you know because there was an injury that was then being replicated, you know, repairing well, well, itself, which I is mean, the fly, the fly analogy, same thing. After that first arm thing, he was coming at a pretty rapid pace with peeling pieces off of his back and his stuff. Like on his other, like even a couple of days later when he yeah. chopped off his finger, his other hand had scabs and stuff coming off of it. Well, there's shit happening yeah. to his face. I think he's got a weird eye now and stuff. Yes, his eye. But you already have the eye. I, I don't know. It's been a while since we saw it. Defini- seen it definitely feels like Kubis. What kind of name is that? They don't want the, <laughs> the aliens have Vickers. normal names for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely feels like his transformation is only happening when it's convenient to the story. Yeah, and trans- fair enough. Yeah. The transformation isn't dictating the story. The story is dictating. The oh no! This is the scene where I thought he might actually lose the arm. Yeah, because they because the plot doesn't but, need it. Yeah, anymore. and the nice thing is that the movie the movie <laughs> oh, certainly yeah, hasn't yeah. hasn't let you have any safe ground where you kind of go. They they might really do this. This might this might happen. They yeah. might they might go through with, with all it. the violence that we've seen. They yeah. could very easily chop off his arm. Yeah, right they might here just go now. okay, and then his arm got chopped off, and then yeah. we moved on from there. Act three. So even though arm. they don't actually do it, you believe that they could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the filmmakers had yeah. that level of It's thoughts. not like Die Hard where you go, I think he's not going to die. Yeah. I think he might survive. I'd also mention that this movie is working insanely well with subtitles. Without the audio, this movie yeah. is still really fascinating. Well, half of it was subtitles yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's like, can we even tell? 
Now, something that... Uh, but it you know, is very visually well told. Strange, a strange uh, thing for Down in Front um, is that, you know, we, we've said virtually nothing other than, like, pointing out, like, well, that those two shots didn't quite cut it about, you know, the damn effects of the movie, which often is our which focus. everywhere. And it's just that... It's because I think this movie is just so effortless in terms of, well, you know, there's the effects. And once in a while, you kind of go, that one wasn't so great, but otherwise... It's it's great in and, and the handheld lends itself I think to it yeah. is that you know it 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 deemphasizes the fact that it has effects it's 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 just trying to make you just go just yeah there's effects just forget the effects just we're telling you a story just just strap in and let's go with the story because there's effects virtually in every frame of this film yeah. but you know they're just they're really well done and and they're just so seamless and and generally right. great this, now what is there to say it's this. like this it's is, great this is what did a magnet bullet test. And the answer is nope. Yeah. Well, this is alien magnets, though. Yeah. So this man. is a force field. Um, it's a force field deal. But uh, <laughs> so nasty. Yeah. Oh, I like this part. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of nasty. But uh, yeah, I mean, and and that's really yeah. what indicates. See, that's why I want one of those in my house because yeah. they can do great stuff. You know. <laughs> that that's really what um, I think makes Blomkamp so exciting because he's he knows how this stuff works. He's a very confident filmmaker you know he's he's able to do handheld and stuff like that without being scared of oh we got to have effects and stuff like that he's like i know how this is going to work it's all going to be fine you know and it does it works perfectly fine now now from the very beginning i knew uh, you know you obviously know he's going to get in that but i'm looking at it and i'm like his anatomy still doesn't lend itself to the way that thing works and they actually there's a subtle addressing of that once he gets into it how do you guys feel about the design of this big ship pretty cool it, it looks kind of like a space freighter i guess well it looks it looks uh not unlike the um uh close encounter ship in a way do we ever get into understanding it's, what they were doing in space or what the people they were with were doing no so we don't even know what their whole obviously we, we don't need to is, yeah. but we don't know yeah. like no, what, what the purpose of that ship we, was they don't tell us really anything of their backstory prior to them arriving at all maybe because they don't know they're just Maybe like, they yeah, the, the excuse well, is that, that they, the they don't, that they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't necessarily know. the story they're choosing not to tell. Or Ex- except for Christopher, who knows what the fuck is up. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It's the idea that Christopher is, you know, did he, did he, is he a, is he a rare prawn? Is he a prawn with, you know, that actually has ambitions and is aspirations and will, will take, an, you know, will take initiative, you know, or is like. You know, are they like are they like certain certain insects where it's like, oh wait, we don't have any queens. We need someone. We need to make them. We need someone needs to become think, a queen. Well, that's how that's how certain uh, insect species work. Is like the the queen is just kind of a randomly chosen one right. that just becomes okay. Uh, you're the queen now. But All I think right. I oh. think there's kind of a background story about the fact that the prawns do have this potential because because later you know they this guy um, gets torn apart by prawns who never would normally do that, but they. The, you know the the prawns learn to take initiative. They've been taught courage, or blah blah blah, whatever. <laughs> well, I, we saw um, in the beginning that they were rioting. I mean, random acts of violence and killing humans is not new to them. I they, guess that's they have true. been doing that. Um, so th- th- those prawns were just doing whatever they'll, whatever the prawns will do given the opportunity. <laughs> they're true. like, oh sweet, you know, he's down. Let's tear him to bits. So it's it's Christopher who's the aberration. You know, Christopher who seems to be you know thinking and okay. Planning. There it is. That yeah. little Ow. moment. That that was his uh, yeah. his legs oh. being broken yeah. as they oh. went in there. Yeah. Oh, Owie. is that okay? Yeah. You can hear like a crunching sound as he's like, oh, I'm yeah. like, there's the leg breaking. My hips are as not they're, built they're for fitting this. the yeah the yeah. hips into the wrong slot there. 
Now this is where in watching the, when seeing the original trailer for this, I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, I, "I love the I love that shot when they shoot the missile and the thing reaches up," and I was like, "That's my least favorite shot in the trailer because it's like, can we have one movie this year without a damn transformer in it?" The one problem I have with mechs, and please tell me you guys agree with me on this, is that no, the answer is no because you can't the proportions of what's going on won't work. That thing weighs two tons, maybe three tons, and he moves his arm real fast and stops it real fast, and he doesn't fall over. He doesn't go. Say, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't move his arm real fast and then go. Whoa, and like kind of follow it over. Well, it, next, well he's moving like a human. Okay, this this without a, any of the well the, the dynamics but of a big thing. This last well, bit is the bit that I don't. The, one more bit where his his character development I don't buy. I'm like he's in the fucking mech and he's like, oh no, just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, no, this yeah. is the point where you kick ass. This Wait is to, not this is not the point towards the end where there's yet another refusal. Way of the to call. keep a low profile yeah. then. If running away is your plan here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I like that would be a fun shot though to see like a mech like in a ditch with its little robot hands over its robot head going ah. <laughs> just dude, stop you've got all the hurting. You, you've got missiles, man. Uh, maybe it's time to to turn around. Um, the, the Thing, the Which thing he about does, mechs, but I don't think we needed that moment, honestly. The thing about mechs and a lot of science fiction technology is they ignore one of the basic rules of engineering, which is the more moving parts you have, the more moving parts you have that will break down. So you always you want things when you build something, a complicated piece of machinery, to be as simple as possible. And the simpler a simpler version of a mech is a tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why walking? What's what good? Yeah. What is what, what is the walking or the articulated arms get you that a turret and a couple of tank treads don't? Yeah. And other than more nothing maintenance. Other than the cool factor. Ooh, you stepped on my arm. That's harsh, man. Now, now, the, the my argument though to the original to what Teague brought up was that that's it can be done. In fact, it's been done. It's being done right now. There's there's a new form of hydraulics called active compliance that's been around for a while actually, where it actually can compensate for. You know, when it when you throw a big hunk of weight off to the side of a piece of machinery, it'll actually decelerate it and catch it and 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 dampen it back down. And you can you know you can even you know you can even save a building from an earthquake with an active compliance system by counter vibrating the vibrations of an earthquake and things like that. So you can just basically you can you can you can make a an, a building in an earthquake become stationary by by literally counteracting the earthquake that's affecting it. So. So that's you know it, it, if there's if there's this kind of tech and they've got anti gravity and so on I have no trouble saying and they can build one of these mechs I'm I'm totally on board with the idea of like why does everyone want to build these damn things because right, yeah. they don't make any sense to me and uh, this this year at the uh, this year was a you know a festival of transformers I mean and you can call it a mech or whatever but it's all transformers to me because we had it in transformers and we had it in Avatar and we had it in uh, we had it in District Nine and we had it in twenty twelve didn't we, have one yeah we had it in Terminator for heaven's sake you know yes twenty twelve. The saving grace of 2012 <laughs> was at least there were no mechs in it. Now, anyway, so so back to you know having having now discussed effects, it's time to go back to the thing. Which then you, when you just when you just strap in for the ride, this scene is is I think it's great. I just the sequence of just you know the mayhem and just the the sheer bloody mindedness of all of it. Yeah, um, it's it's more violent than most of these movies are. You know, it, and. I appreciate that. I'm like, yeah, fucking blow that guy's head yeah, off. Yeah, it is. It's what it's, it's what makes this movie. You know, in our in our discussion we've had many times. You know, it what makes this movie an indie in spirit. Yeah, this is actually um, more of a war movie than a sci-fi movie. In a sense, yeah. In a, yeah, in the a war, a war, half, a war in humanity's point, movie. Yeah. Definitely by the third act, which we're now in. Uh, by the second half, totally. Well, it's kind of never like it has a. 
it's almost never sci-fi. In the beginning, it's a documentary, and it's about humans. Uh, in the middle, it's an action movie, because they're breaking into the place, and now it's just a war movie. They're not playing this up as a sci-fi boss battle. This is just, they're trying to kill each other, and that's it. No, but the sci-fi is the fact that they're aliens, and, we, and we, it's a social commentary yeah. using that. The, that and we even aspect. have that very cliche war movie of, go on without, go me. without I me, I won't leave you. You can make it. Don't make this be for I nothing. I won't leave you. Why? Go. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, and it's a great idea, but I didn't realize that the mech breaks his legs. Yeah. It's, it's a great idea because their legs go backwards, don't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't even see where his legs would be. They, they'd yeah. have to go through that metal hinge. And yet he still seems to be able to move them and motivate them. Maybe that's the problem. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of glossing over a little bit. but Maybe Pran's uh, feet tuck under them like ducks. And that's what yeah. they well, what you, uh, And that was just his feet just getting... Actually, he's, uh, he's manipulating them with his thoracic uh, mandibles now. So that's how yeah. that actually worked. <laughs> But the well, you you brought up something that uh, you know it, it's the way you phrased it was kind of interesting. Where you said this this doesn't seem like uh, a science fiction movie; it seems like an action movie or whatever. It's like well, again, science fiction. There isn't any such thing as what is a science fiction movie. A sci- you can have a science fiction premise, but the sci- but that movie can then be a romantic comedy or an action movie or a war movie or any kind of movie. It's like I think the the myth is that science fiction is a kind of a movie genre, yeah. you know it, it is a it is a genre but it's not necessarily a type of a movie if the, if you if, if the distinction makes any sense and i may be using the words wrong but you know again as we said science fiction the definition in its rawest form is something technical changes society in some way but within that framework you could tell a love story yeah it changes it changes uh, more importantly, it's a, it springboards from our society. It's like if if this thing happened right now, how would that affect the way things are right now? Yeah, which is again why you know, and and I which is nothing more than the fact that some some movies, some films, some stories belong to multiple genres. Sure, right. Yeah, of course. You know, you can have a romance thriller, you can have a you know action mystery, whatever. action comedy, yeah, and action comedy, science fiction <laughs> mystery, whatever. So. So yeah, science fiction is not a standalone thing. It's merely a, a it's merely an element, a, yeah. another piece. I wonder if his mech can multitask. <laughs> if it, <laughs> he's got a touch. If screen. he can play uh, music Does while it, uh, can, he, yeah, can he, you look at Hulu on his mech? Got an iPod dock in there somewhere. I don't understand why people are so concerned about multitasking. You only have one fucking screen. <laughs> <laughs> God that sake. is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see this uh, as opposed to you know not liking the crash so much. I think the liftoff oh, is, yeah, is nice. Great. I think the liftoff is, is pretty. All the all the floating rocks and shit around it, it's good. Because clearly, anti gravity is is part of the it, it's it's the it's the Serenity thrusters that seem out of place because you know that they've got that big ship up there that doesn't have rockets firing that are keeping it up there. Yeah, apparently clearly they've got some kind of anti gravity technology. It doesn't even need power. It's just yeah. it's just a it's force just sitting there, like like magnetism or something. Apparently now now you know physicists uh, will tell you that that there's oh here's the here's the shot that I objected to. It's just like oh they put a damn transformer in this movie. I was yeah, so prepared to like up. it. Yeah, got it. Like it was faster than I can move my arm. And it didn't shake the thing at all. Well, like I said, that, that's that's probably possible. That, that part is, we have that technology already, but oh, probably faster than human. What was your objection? To that? Time. My uh, my objection. Uh, it wasn't my objection so much because it's it's again it's a sci-fi trope. But uh, you know the problem is that uh, physicists will tell you that the hovering spaceship, as seen in every movie that you've ever seen it in, Independence Day or whatever, um, is is actually impossible because there's there's no there's no theory that we know of that would hold a giant object in the air that isn't pushing down downward with the force that it would take to support that that object um you know anti-gravity 
you know, we have no way of we have no understanding of anti gravity. So it's like it's like that means what, they'd be pushing down on the world. At yeah, a, whatever, at least whatever, one more G. whatever's holding that thing in the air should be flattening those buildings that it's hovering on top With of. With the weight of that spaceship. Yeah, some something is lifting it in midair, and that the force has to be going downward to keep with, it up with there. The equal amount unless of it's a giant helium For every balloon. Action, there's an equal yeah, unless it's yeah. a helium balloon, <laughs> something is keeping it in the air. Skyhooks. Oh, it's the skyhooks. <laughs> That's what it is. Now here's that great scene with you know that makes you you know feel bad for a giant you know I never felt bad you know apologies to anyone who did I never felt bad when Optimus Prime fell over and was supposed to be dead but yeah. I I feel this you know this yeah. this works for me this is working fine for me I never noticed before the mech itself pukes yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it, <laughs> it just, just vents it just, <laughs> blah, 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 just at least it doesn't pee on the dog completely falls yeah. apart yeah, yeah. I, I guess Namf is really happy. But his tag ended up in the movie. Bruce Willis. Hey, look, fire and smoke. <laughs> and probably real for a change. My goodness. How did they do that? <laughs> yeah. Wait, how did they put that smoke in front of that guy like that? Some kind of particle system, I imagine. That must have been at least like four or five passes. Yeah. 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 We have to have the occlusion layer and so on. And then like, oh, incoming. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, all we needed was a ship, right? Uh. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, cool. This kid's always asking, again with a question, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Chill out. Kid, I will fuck, if I didn't have to pay a permit to have you. Yeah. I would just. Straight to have, the moon. I'd clean off your tattoo and turn you loose. Bang pow. And if I had the the black fluid to get us to the moon. I think, I think I might have, I think I might have been... And again, maybe just me and and then half as many people at the box office, you know, because uh, what I like isn't necessarily going to be popular. But uh, I think I would have been happier to see our main character die at this, as mm. opposed to turn into a prawn. That he, you know, by the end he's just this bizarro, messed up uh-huh. thing, you know. And in the end, you know, obviously he wins. In he in, dies heroic. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, the story is exactly the same. It's just that that last little coda of how, and then he became a prawn. Um, you know that he just he oh, he went through this experience and he did not survive it. You know, right. I, th- I think would have been a, yeah a, a, an ending that I would have bought. Yeah, I was expecting you know? that personally, to be honest. The the fact that he, you know, and and again a character change. The fact that he. He went into it and was willing to die to to you know do the right thing or whatever. And yeah. here here's another statement about humanity and the whole thing. These aliens, this guy is not an alien <laughs> or a human. His head right the fuck off. This yeah. guy isn't an alien or a human. Uh-huh. But the aliens are going to help him. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, he's he, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's more <laughs> them than us well, now. Yeah. So. It, it, well, well, in the in the hypothetical thing where he's where right. he's, his permanent state is is in between somewhere, you know, a, a statement on uh, the, know, on humanity. Basically, the, the, the humans aliens. are trying to fuck him over, and the aliens are like, "He's one of us." Yeah, or you're yeah. not. Or, but well, you're, he's no longer one of them. Yeah, it might exactly. be enough, you know. <laughs> you know, the is the enemy my enemy my friend? Yeah, you know. So it's we, like that picture are we there? that's full of galaxies. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Because it ta- what's it going to take? It's going to be like a three-year journey or something there and back. Three years. I guess, well, if, if Christopher if again, back. if Christopher's not lying through right. his through his mandibles, but uh, well, he's he, got to come <laughs> back for his people. Yeah, but but three years. You know, maybe maybe did I say three? I meant forty five, forty nine. Yeah. Oh, three three us years. Three, yeah, three <laughs> sorry three years. Sorry, that's actually sorry. seventeen thousand Earth years. Yeah. 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 We're going to be in hibernation. You know. We'll come back. We'll see. Traveling what's at close to the speed of light, and you know, it's, 
And if not hovering, the blast to go up would have definitely flattened. Well, I guess the the idea that they're going with is it's essentially weightless normally and just sits there. And then when you thrust it, then it can take off. Yeah, they did. It it did blow out all the windows in Johannesburg when it activated. Yes, and killed everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Made everybody permanently deaf. So yeah, everyone's kind of like, "Wow!" So wait, so wait, the ship is leaving, but all the prawns are still here. (laughs) Is this better? Yeah. Wait, this just got worse. (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't seem better to me. Don't applaud. You don't know what's happening. Yeah. So. Yay! Something inexplicable. Hum- <laughs> humans will clap at anything, though. Let's be honest. That's <laughs> true. We will. If someone starts it. If someone starts it going. That's true. Just one guy in the front to stand up. I mean, that's what you do on stage. Is you know, just have one of your clap. friends, like, at the end, give us, you know, stand up and start applauding and cue a standing ovation. One of my favorite psychological observations I've ever encountered was at, uh, at Kennedy Space Center and the tour... They have like a, a shuttle ride thing, and it's one of those things where you do the briefing and you stand in the big room and the big screens, and mm. you know, actually Charlie Bolden, who is now the NASA administrator but wasn't at the time, gives you like this little briefing, and uh, it's so it's this wide open space and kind of like a metal grating floor, and there's like a, a a grid of squares that are just about large enough for one person to stand in, and it kind of looks like you're supposed to, like their markings, like you're supposed to stand there, but not. Uh-huh. <laughs> but everyone does. But everybody did automatically. And there's no, like, rhyme or purpose. And the the people running the ride would, you know, okay, that's not, you know. And there would be way more people than there were squares. And all the squares would get filled up. And the people behind were like, well, uh, what do we, should, where should we stand now? I don't, uh, oh, God, I don't know. And it's just like. Was anyone ever, you don't have to stand in the squares. No, there was nothing yeah. said about the squares whatsoever. They were just there. And people just naturally, I guess, you know, well, one person just, did it, and then they're, oh, I guess well, that's what we're supposed you know, to do. Well, it's, the, it's the, the old gag about, you know, if you get in an elevator and face the back of it, yeah. other people will face the back of the elevator when they get on, even though they don't understand why. That was another, <laughs> that was another psychological experiment I read about where they, they tested where if you're standing at a crossing light and, you know, the, the, someone doesn't push the button and so the... the By the action- way, this movie takes place this year, yeah. according to the timestamps. Oh, in 2010? It takes place 2010. Yeah. The, um, that uh, if, if, you know, the, the, the crosswalk or you're crossing against the light or whatever, they did a, they did a thing where they, uh, you know, if someone is like kind of a slovenly slob like person and crosses against the light, most people won't follow him. But if someone who looks a little more prosperous and, and you know, in command crosses against the light, everyone else will cross with him. Like, oh, he, he did it, so it's cool. It, they do actually call it District 10, so they can make the sequel and call it District 10. Right. Yeah, which what were districts 1 through 8 like? God yeah. forbid. I think those are the other places that humans live in uh, Johannesburg. So That's I'm, my understanding of it. You know, we're again. I, I, you know, we've we've already covered it. I'm, I'm just a little iffy on the fact that. And then he became a prawn. Yeah. You know, it's like which is which is funny. It, it's really again. This this is this movie is Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Except that it happens on home soil, home soil yeah. instead of on alien and soil. And he's not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not a happy ending that he became a prawn, but it's the inevitable ending. Yeah. You know, he is he is now dances with wolves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he has become a member of a denizen of Fern Gully. You know, it's like. Again, it's it's Avatar took a lot of flack for oh the story is so unoriginal. It's like yeah, well no, it's not. You know, it's not original at all. It's yeah. it's it's a story. It's a standard. It's a myth that you know, right up there with it's a ver- it's a form of the hero's journey. It's, yeah, it's a it's an offshoot of the hero's journey. Yeah, it's just not particularly fantastically told. Like yeah. That. Well, we'll get to that. When we so get District that, Nine. Uh, District Nine. Yeah. Brian Fenneter, how do you feel? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, it's not a perfect story. It's kind of a fairly simply told story but it 
at least a tried, goddammit. And yeah. we have so few science fiction films out there that are really trying. Really? Your opinion is at least a tried? <laughs> well, it does it does do... Is something wrong with that? A, no. What? No. <laughs> you no, got I'm, a problem? Yeah. Hey, you going to have to do something here? No, I'm saying... They tried? Movie, That's like a baby is not, story. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, at least in storytelling terms. But it did really make an honest-to-God effort to tell a story that was about something and, and talked about things, which... As opposed to... As opposed to 2012. We didn't... We, didn't, we haven't talked yeah. about the music, but the music is very music good. The music is fucking awesome. Yes. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and Charles Copley, again, holy shit, dude. Yeah. For a first-timer, nice job. Stand yeah. up and clap. Stand right? up and clap. Right. Stand up. Everyone stand up at your computer. Darkman, uh, District 9. Uh, yeah, I feel essentially the same way. I mean, it's... Uh, um, do you like it more than Brian? Or about the same? Uh, I mean, do you think it's awesome, awesome? I think it's I think it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, it, it's got its imperfections and stuff, but at the same time, you know, it's the kind of thing where you look at it and you go, this was clearly made by people. You know, going back to yeah. the corporation thing, this was made yeah. by people. As opposed this to was, a studio. This was, yeah. not, this yes, was not a yes, studio. Yeah. This was not This was not something that this was... This was not a focus group. Super polished and focus grouped. It's yeah. like, this is the movie that they wanted to make and they had the ability to make it. And that, more and than anything... And they made it. And more than anything, that makes me excited about uh, about what District 9 kind of signifies for what we can hopefully be looking Let's forward see to. more of in the future. Hopefully. Yeah. I but, think that's uh, Futura and you never see credits in Futura and it's really easy to read. <laughs> yeah. I love well, especially on this screen. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's also Trey, an HD District screen. Nine sci-fi guy. Yeah, it's um, it's it's. I think it's the very definition of what sci-fi is, and not the corrupted version of what Hollywood thinks sci-fi is. Right. Um, where everyone has to wear the silver suit and boots and talk all spacey. Um, doesn't you know? There have to be warp engines, or it's not sci-fi. Um, yeah, I think it's it's what sets this movie apart from so many other movies is 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 that it clearly is the underground underdog you know, scrappy little film that's a film that some person wanted to make as opposed to a marketing group. It's the little movie that goes. That's the little movie that goes. I, 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 yeah, I didn't want to use that, uh, that phrase because that's how we open the thing. But, um, you know, and, and the, the, the great thing about it um, is that it was such a hit. It's, it's what a workshop uh, was was more involved. Yeah, what it works up is uh, they they build actual real things, physical <laughs> things you hold in your hand, which is, uh, you know things like guns and stuff. We probably I'm sure came from what a workshop. Um, anyway, so the uh, you know the fact that it not just the fact that it was this you know indie movie with you know fantastic effects that become just completely seamless that you you know don't even pay attention to anymore and just get into the story. Um, and and this, the effects aren't the point of the story, uh, yeah. as opposed to 2012, which you know, apparently the, one of the laborers' name is Teenage Dube. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Well, the, the there was a, there was actually a, uh, an M Vandermeer uh, in the credits, <laughs> but I think that's a pseudonym. Anyway, as the, the, as the uh, well, well, um, almost just to jump in on what you're saying, like mm-hmm. like it's doing sci-fi the way it's supposed to. It also affects the way they're supposed to. Yeah, it's like I want to tell a story. I can't do it with people, so we're going to need some effects. Well, and that. I was about to draw the parallel yeah. to your favorite movie of last year, 2010 yeah. or tw- what, 12, yeah. whatever the hell. It's called yeah. this is 2010 now 2012. Um, fuck this movie. That's what. Yeah, you know, I went to I went to just reason, I, not long ago as I went to the Bake Off uh, and and 2012 uh, is is up against uh, District Nine and was up against the Terminator Two and all the usual suspects. And the guys who got up to present for 2012 said the justification for the movie was um, Roland Emmerich called us up one day and said, "Okay, you know what? I think it's time to just make." The end, the, the ultimate disaster movie, the end of all disaster movies. Just you know, the the, the movie, the, the disaster movie to end all disaster movies. Which I think you'll agree they did, and let's hope that let's they, hope, so. let's yeah, hope that exactly. they were successful in that goal. But that's you know, if that's your goal, the movie you're going to get out of it is 2012. 
You know, it's like as, as, as a variety writer who wrote about the bake-off this year said, um, I've learned that Hollywood speak, um, apparently the new catchphrase for um, – stupid effects-driven movie is it's a ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Because everyone who had like the stupid effects-driven movie said, well, you know, we wanted this to be a ride. And, you know... Instead of a story. As opposed to a story that you gave you know a what? damn about what happened. If they, if they made like a Star Tours-type ride, a, a ride film of 2012, I'd be much happier. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The 15 minutes <laughs> of 2012 that I saw at the Bake Off were like, damn. You yeah. know? I was like, wow. That's... I don't you know why. a motion simulator with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why humans spent all that time making that, but... But it's no doubt that it's impressive. So, um, you know, and, and here's the thing is, that, you know, there's room for that. Obviously, and obviously there's a market for that. I mean, if you just want to go, look, we're just going to make a movie. Uh, this was the, uh, the, the David Mamet uh, analogy is those aren't movies. They're the circus. They're circus on film. Yeah. They're, look, a shiny thing. Look, a scary thing. Over there, an exploding thing. And now up top, a big thing. And now the biggest thing of all, good night. You know, it's like that's a form of entertainment. Uh-huh. But it's not really what movie making is or storytelling is. But it is a form of entertainment. Um, that's what those kind of movies are. So the District 9 is the dark horse because it's it using all that, of those right. tools but without the studio, well, where's the big explosion at the end? And says, no, this is a story we're telling. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is a story I want to tell and I'm not going to make safe choices and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have people puking cat food and I'm going to have guys chopping his own fingers off I and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I think that's what I like most about it. That That's well articulated is that it doesn't make safe choices, it, but it makes yeah. strong choices. And I, I love the movie for that alone. If the, yeah. if the effects were half as good, I would love the movie for that. You know, God bless them, and just the fact well, that I do it know. with. I'd, I'd love it for guys in rubber suits if they, sure, if yeah. they, exactly. you know, if if they had the balls to make this movie the same way that. They hey, did hey, Zoic! I'm I pretty sure Zoic worked on this shit. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they did the part that we don't like, but yeah, <laughs> possible, yeah, probably yeah, so. Yeah. The thing that looks like surrounding yeah. possible. Yeah. possible. Yeah. So. City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. I have all their CDs. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's that's what I you know I'm I'm in the end I'm s- the happiest thing about District Nine was it was a huge runaway hit and uh, I, and I yeah. think that it's one of those things that that you know no one ever you can't you can't necessarily plan on this but the idea that you know hey let's put something up there that's different yeah and if you just get enough people to go to it the first weekend and go hey you know that was real i did not expect that was wow you should maybe check that out because district nine was totally a word of mouth phenomenon yeah Yeah. you know buzz was everything with with why it made its money which is something we didn't end up talking about with the viral marketing but i think the difference between the viral marketing on this and where we're talking about there's red hey there's red viral marketing that doesn't work is with viral marketing you still have to have solid content at the end of that marketing campaign well, the, which yeah, most right. of the time with the bullshit well, viral the, yeah. we yeah. want it to be viral it's like well you have to have something that's worth going viral it's the, yeah right. it's this, the david the david mamet analogy again he, he talked about how you know studio thinking you know is the same as organized crime it's like <laughs> you know you don't want their product you don't actually want their product so they use coercion and lies <laughs> yeah. and arm twisting and intimidation and manipulation to get you to buy their product because yeah. you wouldn't otherwise you know. It seems like uh, it seems like we've we've retired Goldman from the show and now Mammoth <laughs> yeah. coming into his Mam- own for well, 2012. Ma- Mammoth also has wonderful. Oh you know, Mammoth has some really really interesting things to say about he does. filmmaking. He does. Oh, yeah. um, and is you know, and, well, again, uh, you don't have to agree with him, but it's worth under- you know, hearing what he has to say. The more but, I see, especially of his stuff, the more I understand where he's coming from and agree with. Him. Yeah, but we'll talk about. He's, he's we coming, we'll talk about. He's coming yeah. from his own point of view. But anyway, the, the the point is that again, yeah, District Nine they had viral, but. 
viral actually succeeded the way it's supposed to right. in that the viral because marketing was, got people interested in which they said, this is interesting and I want to be in on this. Yeah. And I, I legitimately want to tell my friends about this cool thing that I saw. So tell your friends to come to downinfront.net. You can find a new one every single week. We've got T-shirts available on Cafe Press, but you should buy one of and wear it around and tell people about it. they got forums. Log in, talk to us, tell us why you think that we're totally idiots. Go to twitter.com slash downinfront or facebook slash downinfront to find more content. Every single week on iTunes is a brand new one. And um, have I said everything? Yeah, okay. And thank, uh, my name is Chief Christie. And I'm Brian Fennifer. Hi, Scott. Trey Stokes. And this has been Down In Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. Fucking prawns. Stop, stop eating my arm. Friendsinyourhead.com